Blog Talk Radio. From the IMLD Home Studio, in its seventh season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. Yeah, winter has been attacking most of the country the last couple of weeks. It is that time of year. December is upon us. But never fear, we are here for your football party. That's right. We are in the house a day early this week. We are here live on a Friday night, December the 6th, 2019. This is indeed in much less detail, the podcast. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We are here to preview Week 14, tomorrow, uh, I'm sorry, that's on Sunday. I'm so used to the Saturday show. And to recap uh, the events of a crazy week 13 last weekend, which is what we'll do first, of course, as always. Uh, Jay, you've had a busy week, week and a half yourself uh, with Black Friday and all that happened uh, up in your neck of the woods with the weather. Uh, Is it still icy and snowy up there in Wisconsin? I assume it is. We are still completely snow covered here. Um, we had two major snowstorms. So we had a snowstorm on the day before Thanksgiving. And then we had another snowstorm on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So that was a very, uh, was a very dicey trying time uh, driving back and forth to work. Um, that first storm was really awful. Um, and then follow that up with Sunday where it was so bad I didn't even make the trip to work where, you know, I make a, I make a fairly lengthy commute to my job and my boss who also does the same. And I both decided that it was not worth it. We were like the, we took the advice of that man yelling at you in the blizzard in snowmageddon. It's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth it. Go back. And so, <laughs> so I had a, I had a rare Sunday just sitting on the couch watching football and my kids were outside playing in the snow, loving, loving life. And I was sitting on the couch with my, uh, my wool socks and my, my, my fleece pajama pants and big cup of coffee and loving every minute of it because that's the first time I'd sat around watching football on a Sunday, not at work in a, a very long time. Yeah, that's, that's the most fun. You can't get any better yeah, than that home. Snow and- day. You don't get snow yep. days a lot when you're an adult. You know, kids get snow days all the time. <laughs> but it was nice to have a snow day, you know, being, you know, nearing 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 the four four, nearing the double fours, uh, same as yourself. Well, you definitely don't get snow days up there because it's Wisconsin. You guys are just it's, right. it's snowing. It's got to be whatever. pretty extreme. Yeah, it's right. got to be pretty extreme. We get snow days a lot in the mid south here. Uh, many times since I've moved down here. Um, not with inches and inches of snow like you guys have, but it, it could be a dusting. And it's like, oh, <laughs> shut down. And that's just got to be so weird. 
for you being, <laughs> yeah. you know, being a northern boy, being from Chicago, a Yankee, and you I see a dusting I... of snow, the normal, <laughs> the, the normal reaction to that is to laugh at it. I try not to make too much fun of the of, of everybody down here because I understand it's the they're the product of their of where they are. They can't yes. help that the streets are uh, uninhabitable when there's just a dusting of snow and a little bit of ice. It's not their fault. It's the fault that it's you know the the state or the the cities or the counties they're, they're not trying to do anything about snow and ice because it's right. it's happened so rarely. They're they're not trying to put salt down. They don't even have salt down here. Uh, I've seen them try to throw sand in the, in the road, in the, in the interstate. And I'm like, um, okay. Uh, cause they, they don't have anything. They, they're just not yep. ready. So yeah, I, I get it. I try not to laugh at them, but I can't help but <laughs> chuckle. Yeah. Yeah. But we, what, you know, we would, man, I remember going, uh, even in high school, going to school in a foot of snow and they wouldn't cancel school. Nope. <laughs> You, you tried. You tried to convince your your folks. Hey, man, yeah. I can't. It's it's crazy out here. I can't go through all that. And they're like, "Is it is school open? I'm looking at the yeah. TV. I'm looking at the news. I don't see the schools are closed. Get your ass out the house and go to school. The schools. I remember open, it was go. Valentine's Day, 1990. So eighth grade, and uh, you know we were still. I was going. Oh uh, man, do I still, have memories of that? I was still bussing. Busting it. Those were the uh, those were different days for you. You and I were at different schools at that point, and yep. I remember getting picked up by the school bus, and there were like three people on the bus, <laughs> and we had like fourteen inches of snow that day. And I remember like every class, you either had a substitute teacher or you didn't have to do any work. It was basically just a party day all day at school because every class had about five kids in it. And for a reference, how many kids are usually on a, on the bus when you get on the on the bus? Ah, uh, twelve, ten to twelve, probably on that route that I was on. So you get on, and there's only three or four, just like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There weren't many stops after I got picked up. So right. Yeah, you get on the bus, and like, oh, this this is different. <laughs> this isn't normal. <laughs> but yeah, I was out there, and you know, it took forever to get there. It definitely took forever to get home. And yeah, it, it was it was a fun day at school, though I will say that there's nobody oh, sure. there. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely remember uh, Valentine's Day 1990 because the school that I was at uh, actually was getting even more snow than most because that school happened to be a little closer to the lake uh, over up ah, there in Chicago. Right, and that wouldn't be such a big deal because I was getting bust over there as well. Problem with me was I had had to make a, a journey by foot once I got to the school. I had to go three blocks down the street to the flower shop to get a rose for a young lady that I just I, I had to. This it's eighth grade. This is the, our last year. Uh, I was only there for two years at that particular school. This is my chance. This is uh, the last Valentine's one I have with her. I, I I don't care how many inches of snow. I don't. It, it's snowing on me. It's the snow is not stopping. It's coming down, but I have no choice. I have to and go. And at get this it point, this, we this are road. both fourteen. The frame of reference. We are fourteen. If you're a man and you remember fourteen, you know what the hell we talking about. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> And, and like I said, to throw in the extra element with me, of this is it. This is, I'm not. I I didn't 
th- I thought there was a good chance I would never see this girl again after eighth grade, and I was one hundred percent correct. Um, <laughs> so I this is my I got to shoot my shot. This is it. That, I'm sure. Uh, y- well. I, I just have a feeling. Look, without getting into too many details, we were from such different ends of the of the track, so to speak, that I knew we weren't going to end up at the same high school. And I figured Romeo we weren't going to get going on there. Yeah, something like that. And, and I and I figured that we weren't going to be having too much contact with each other, you know, socially, because she wasn't yeah. really, honestly, wasn't that into me anyway. Uh, but I still had to shoot my shot, and I had to go to the flower shop, and I had to get this rose, and I had to present it to her uh, in the auditorium in front of everybody. And I, I didn't care if I was snow covered. I didn't care about anything. I just this is what I had to do. Um, and uh, I, I won't say it was a disaster, but you know, I, I didn't get the girl. We'll just put it that way. But well, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Twenty nine years ago. Uh, ooh, was it that long? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, where'd the time go? My gosh. 1990 was 29 years ago. <laughs> Trust me on no. that one. No, I, I refuse to believe that. That's it. Just <laughs> this is just yesterday. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, yeah, it just happened. We were just there. <laughs> that was, like a, that, just was a, that was the second year that we were picking football games. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> <laughs> We were uh, at, that was right after the uh, wide right, so that was right after the end of our first season of doing this. So how's that sound? Feeling um, old yet? Very, very much so. They, uh, I was seeing the commercials for NFL Network is going to do Bruce Smith of football life, and I was like, oh, I, Bruce, I remember Bruce. I was, I was yeah. a big fan. Bruce Smith with uh, Bills and Redskins, if I know, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, Mark Ribbon. Making a making a name for himself, forever in, in yeah. history. <laughs> yeah. So, huh, all right. There's a little trip down memory lane, all tied to snow. I tell you, this this is what happens every year on our on our podcast is we we go back in time. We wind up having these drifts back in in down memory lane because yeah. I think it's because of the of the season and the time of year and and you just yeah. it's just time to get nostalgic. And it just happened. And uh, I think that's uh, in seven years of doing this, I don't think we've told that story before. We may have. We well, I, I, there's definitely a lot of details about '90 that I, I know I have not ever gotten into, and, and yeah. may never. But but you never know. If anyone wants to join our crack production staff and sift through hundreds of hours of this <laughs> podcast to, to find out if that is a true statement, please uh, let oh. us know. We we it's 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 pro bono. So, oh my God! If we ever got that popular, what to have it actually our own crack production staff that is have, more than just you to have one fan that actually wants to go back and do anything like that, which actually reminds like, me bringing oh, me yeah, back like do like a IMLD supercut <laughs> and have its own Twitter and everything and oh, yeah man. all that good stuff yeah uh, that bring bring me back to the present that reminds me. Um, I wanted to uh, put out there, I, I wish we were more popular and this would actually happen, but I'll put it out here anyway, because you just never know. I would love, I'm, I'm bad with computers. I'm bad with, I've, I've never made a GIF in my life. I wouldn't know how, um, but I really would love to have the GIF after uh, 
what happened last night between the uh, the Bears and the Cowboys. Yeah. If anybody out there would love would want to send me and tweet me the GIF, here's what exactly what I want. There's there's an old meme out there uh, with Shaquille O'Neal uh, swatting things away with this big grin on his face. Um, it's it's usually tied to New Year's, uh, like New Year's resolution or something like that. And it, the the there's words coming at him like that that are bad things like stress and money problems and relationship problems and things like that. And there's a gif of Shaq with this big goofy grin swatting these things away with those big massive hands of his just bing 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 um if you've ever seen the gif you know what i'm talking about and, and if you haven't then that's fine i don't know how popular it was anyway i would love for somebody to come up with the gif of that shack guy uh with something chicago bears superimposed on him put a bears logo on his head on his chest put a bears cap a helmet on his head whatever and to have the things moving at him that he's swatting away, I need them to be the dancing, hip-moving Dak Prescott dance, you know, where he's loosening up his hips before the game. And it, it was a big thing a few weeks ago when the Cowboys were hot shit and you know, they, they started 3-0. and It feels like seven years ago that the Cowboys were 3-0 and and everybody was looking at them as, as a great team and Dak was – the, the hot thing going and he was doing his little hip dance, his little hips don't lie, Shakira dance. I need the gif of him doing that dance coming at Shaquille O'Neal. And I just, it just needs to be him repeatedly. Just Dak repeatedly coming at Shaq and Shaq with this big grin on his face, swatting him away consistently, just bat, 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 just get out of here. And I would love, love, love to have that gif. Somebody make that gif, tweet it at me. I am at IMLD Dre on Twitter. Send it to me. If you do, I will give you all the shout outs you could hope for. I would pin the tweet at the top of my page. It'd be the first thing anyone would see when they saw my profile. Uh, I would give you the credit. I would, you know, this is from at whoever you are. You get the uh, the publicity from all 14 people that follow me on Twitter. Um, and I would give you all the, the love you could handle on the air. Uh, and it would be uh, it would be awesome if somebody could do that for me. Wow. Well, you opened up the can of worms talking about that Bears uh Cowboys game last night. And boy, the Cowboys did it again, huh? If if games Cowboys were one Cowboy. quarter long, if the if games were one quarter long, the Cowboys would have a really good record. But they go on that 17 play, damn near 9 minute drive to start the game and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay, that that's very impressive." But then you realize, "Wait, they just did this last week against Buffalo." Mhm. And then Dak Prescott just pulls the complete disappearing act until the fourth quarter when he compiled a whole bunch of garbage time stats. Complete garbage time stats. Garbage, yeah, absolute stat filler, uh, garbage time. I mean, the at one point after it was twenty four seventeen, you're like, okay, you know, Cowboys get a stop, and they can come. Nope. I mean, the, <laughs> no. they, the Cowboys couldn't stop Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky looked unstoppable against that Cowboys defense. It, it was so sad. I mean, Mitch Trubisky well, was getting booed off the field. People <laughs> want to chase Daniel to run this <laughs> offense, right? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. There, there Some were people, people, of course, in Chicago, which was always the city of the, you know, the backup quarterback is always the most popular guy in town. But, yeah, there were people clamoring for Chase Daniel. We think he fits this offense better. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky needs to sit down for three or four weeks. And uh, really, Cowboys couldn't throw anything at him to stop him. 
those same people used to want Caleb Haney a quarterback, so those people yes, officially those don't know anything. People. Those are the same people. Yeah. I, I admit that. I'm not saying these are smart people. Oh, okay. Make sure yeah. make sure we get that clear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. I am not I am not I am not trying to give credence to what these people are saying. I'm okay. just trying to say that there is that cabal of people who always are <laughs> clamoring for the backup quarterback. And this is why the Bears have had very few successful starting quarterbacks um, over the last their franchise history, I guess. <laughs> yes, pretty much. And, and it's it was controversial at the time, but a, a lot of people used to say, and I was one of them, you know, this Jay Cutler guy, for all of his faults, that's actually the best damn quarterback the Chicago Bears have ever had in their pathetic franchise yeah. history. And it's really not I, that close. Yeah, I know one of us had that hot take on this show. Because uh, we've been doing this show long enough to go back to the Cutler era. And it, it's true. Jake Cutler is probably the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears may have ever had. No, there's no probably. Because think about who who would se- yeah. who would second be Jim fucking McMahon? Did you Jim, remember, remember or Jim how bad Miller he was? for the two good seasons that he had? <laughs> Sid Luckman back when they threw the ball five times a game. There, there's no other comparison. There's no Mike Tomzak. No. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ Almighty! Um, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Well, right. Mike Tomzak um, was the replacement. Was was the was the guy after Jim McMahon? Tomzak yeah. actually got that team. You know, Rex Grossman. What about Sexy Rexy? <laughs> Hey, he got him to the Super Bowl. He got him to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Eric I got the talking points already. <laughs> Eric Kramer. You know what? By by tools, it might be Kramer, but good God. Uh, but but that's yeah. my point. Is of course colors first, because who the hell would be who who would be over him? No, none Steve of Steve Stenstrom. <laughs> Peter Tom Willis. P.T. Willis. <laughs> Henry Burris. Henry Burris and, and yeah, yes. that's and that's about the end of, of yeah, Bears. Your Baron Armstrong a... might actually make that list. <laughs> that's a deep cut. Nobody <laughs> gets that. You if got, you understand all four you understand that our sh- <laughs> if somebody gets yeah, don't even tell people what that one is. If anybody no. gets that reference, you are truly yeah. fans of this show. If you understand that reference, tweet me at IMLD Dre, and I'll put I'll pin that tweet at the top of my page. If you understand what what Baron Armstrong is referring to, because that means you've really been listening a long, long, long time. Yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that's I don't know too much else I wanted to talk about uh, that game last night. I just wanted to bask and enjoy, which I did all day uh, in in the Bears beating the Cowboys. Oh yeah, you had uh, to love that. Man, there is, and I've talked about it before, there are so many Cowboy fans at my job here in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, which when I first moved down here didn't make any damn sense and kind of still doesn't. But look, it's the, the Cowboys are quote-unquote America's team, and they're going to have a whole lot of fans everywhere. I understand that. I was shocked, actually, at how loud they were in Soldier Field last night. Uh, that first drive and that first touchdown, they exploded. And I'm like, how are there that many Cowboys fans in Chicago? I understand if they're in L.A. where they don't give a fuck about football, but Chicago, I was very surprised at that. But it's the Cowboys, and uh, I, I'm sure that number got, uh, was huge as far as the rating, uh, not just because Chicago, but because, of course, it's Dallas. And if you, whether you love the Cowboys or hate them, you're going to watch because you want to see the outcome either way. So, yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of Cowboys fans at my job, and they were giving me the, the business 
before the game yesterday at work and as I was leaving and everything like that. So I had it for him today. I came in, I had my Bears shirt on. I, I came in doing the Dak dance in their face. I was like, here, you want a little bit of, uh, here's some more, uh, here's a little bit of, uh, I was giving them the whole thing all day long. And, and I was just loving it, man. It was, it was awesome. And I, and I was loving it because I know if the Cowboys would have beat the Bears, they'd have been giving it to me all day and I would have had to just, you know, eat it and, I understand that's how it goes with fandom. So and and they were uh, taking it and, and eating it and smiling and giving me high fives. So they were they understood. They were, you know they're not they weren't uh, bitter or angry about it. You know you, it is what it is. It's, it's it's just sports at the end of the day. So, but yeah, that was that was fun. That was uh, very much fun as a Bears fan. That was fun as a Cowboys hater, and that was fun as uh, someone who picked the Bears uh, to to win the game over the Cowboys as far as our picks goes. Uh, and the only thing that would have made it better is if I'd have locked the Bears in, which I actually was close to doing. And man, man, do I wish I would have done it now. Yeah. Um, speaking of, we, we need an intervention here. We need a <laughs> we need a lock intervention. Um, last week, you ridiculed me a little bit on the show when I told you the Dolphins were going to win straight up. And you were a little flabbergasted about how how would I not lock that up if I've got the team that's the ten point underdog to yeah. just straight up win the game? And I just like ah, I laugh in the face of logic and the Dolphins <laughs> straight up won the game. I don't get extra points for that calling that upset, but that that's fine. Uh, I locked up the Browns. Oh. Ooh. Oh, oh, I forget. The, the, I don't even remember who you locked up, but that went down in flames just as bad. Oh, that will be the ten-point favorite Carolina Panthers that's oh, going to yes. save Chico Rivera's <laughs> job and come what? out and beat the Redskins and and destroy them. And uh, I will say, uh, yeah. if you would like a points championship, the Panthers <laughs> absolutely dominated the Redskins on the stat sheet. <laughs> Yes, yes, and, they got would River, be and River Bowl got completely shit-canned right after that game. You lost to Dwayne Haskins, you're, you're fired. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much how that went. The, 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 we're going to come out and fight for, for our coach's job and, and uh, dominate the Redskins for about a quarter, and then we're just going to liquidate ourselves and find a way to, to not just lose the spread but lose the game straight up. And, yeah, that's that's about enough. The the, the, the new yeah. ownership was like, yeah, we've seen enough. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chico. We'll, 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 we'll take the keys now. You can, you can leave. He'll, he'll so, yeah. get a job. He'll, he'll be a D.C. somewhere. Uh, a lot of people are, are saying that it's should be just easy walking into uh, another head coaching job for Chico really? next year, that he was that impressive uh, with the Panthers that he should just walk right into another job to which I say, I'm not so sure about that. No, I think the Panthers had a lot of, a lot of talent to, uh, to only have the one Super Bowl appearance and it was a, an awesome season it was a 15 and one season it was cam newton at his absolute best mvp of the league uh get to the super bowl i picked them to beat the broncos i was dead wrong on that uh but to, really when you look at the overall record of the panthers under ron rivera not so impressive and uh just the one super bowl appearance and just you know not that many division titles and, and not that many playoff appearances. Uh, that's a lot of talent on that team for, for his overall record to be so kind of shaky. 
Um, so there's some there's a lot of good things that that occurred for the Panthers under Ron Rivera. Some people would go back all the way to when he first got hired and how terrible the franchise was at that time. It's it's so long ago it's really hard to remember. But but you know like the Jimmy Clausen days and, and we kind of remember uh, how how Ooh, Chris how Winky. Yeah. How awful the Panthers were back back then. So th- there's something about that, but uh, to just say, yeah, however many six, eight openings that are going to be at the end of the season, that Ron Rivera should just have a, an open door into whichever one that he wants. That, that I've heard that, I've read that, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't have to argue with anybody about it, but I don't think it's that cut and dried. Yeah, a lot of times you see these head coaches, they get canned and they have to rehabilitate for a year or two. They have to kind of cool their heels in a DC job or in the TV booth, you know, and and then they come back. I don't, Ron Rivera doesn't strike me. His resume doesn't strike me as one where he's just an automatic guy. Um, Where's he going to go? I mean, what, <laughs> Cleveland? <laughs> that should be one of the eight openings, yes. That should absolutely be. I'm surprised it's not already. Dallas will be open, but we know that Jerry Jones is going to hire a <laughs> college coach. And Jason Garrett, I mean, Jason Garrett was always Jerry's guy. So this is, you know, he probably should That's... not have been the guy ever. And he's always been kind of playing with house money, I think. And he's just not a very good coach. And we we, we just keep seeing this again and again with the team. With It's on paper. You would talk about Cleveland and Dallas. And two teams that are just so massively talented to underperform to the level that they both have, and one of them will probably win their division, which is even worse. Oh, that uh, that NFC East. There's the always, Cowboys you know, this, when you got these still eight, in first four place, team right? divisions. There's one division every year. This is this was normally we had that with the NFC um, West. Right when the Seahawks went Way seven and nine and won the, the division, the Panthers did it some, not yeah. that long after. Yeah, that seven right. and nine year. Then we always had the AFC South where somebody was going to win it at eight and seven, or I mean eight and eight, or nine and seven, or eight seven and one. Right. Um, I remember that year that the you know the beast mode year, right? The year that the yeah. Seahawks won the division at seven and nine. Um, we'll always go back and talk about my prediction about that game. But I believe I actually predicted early that season, and maybe even in a season preview, that we would have a division winner at seven and nine. Yeah, I believe you did. We would have an under five hundred division winner, and we had it that season. And uh, that was that. I don't think I don't. I know that one was not put to um, audio, but uh, I have you as a witness that 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 did happen. No, I remember it was one of the legendary calls uh, that either one of us has ever had because I was like, are you serious? A, a losing record is going to win the division? Bah, that's crazy talk. Yeah. And then I picked that team with the losing record that won the division to win the uh, – or at least cover against the massively <laughs> favorited Saints, and that yeah. was all time. The Yawks were 10-point home underdogs in, in that yeah. wild card game, and you said you had Seattle eh, just because. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was a just because call. And I remember jumping yeah. off my couch during the Beast Mode play. So, yeah, more, more of a trip down memory lane than a recap <laughs> of Week 13. But, yeah, we, uh, I think we're trying to avoid the fact of the year. 
we're trying to uh, avoid having to talk about our lock pit situation here. Because I believe <laughs> by virtue of us bl- both blowing our locks last week, I still have the one up on you. You're still stuck on six, and I'm still stuck on five. That's just bleh. <laughs> You had we are the Dallas Cowboys. We are the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles of lock picking. <laughs> you do realize that, right? One of us is going to win the locks championship, despite probably At being seven under and nine. Yeah, <laughs> man, and that's the lock. That's yeah. the one that we're the most confident uh-huh. in of all the oh. picks. This is the one. I'm telling you, this is the one. <laughs> Take this one um, to the bank. <laughs> it's so just you, not happening. You went eight and eight last week. You had eight winners to yeah. pick from, and, and went with the brownies. Um, uh, and that's still more admirable than me having ten winners to go with. As I went yeah. ten and six, and I managed to pick the team that fired his coach as soon as it lost the game. I went with the <laughs> yeah, team. I, I mean, you had a great week. Coach. I'll tip my hat to you. You had a great week. Eight and eight. I will not. I will never be upset at an eight and eight. Sure. So. But no, you had a, you had a good week. You got two back on me, but that's okay. I'm still I'm still hanging around in there. Then you get one on me last night because the Cowboys is all of the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Oh yeah, that's that's oh, not a, a that's not an endearing term. <laughs> Again, what a great day of work it was for me. I, I was just oh, it was glorious. Uh, the only the only better things if I, I could have been living in Dallas uh, and it really would have although that might have turned not so well for me that might have been if I if I taunted them all day I might have come out to some some flat tires after work or, or something like that. <laughs> that's not good. That's not a good idea. No. Uh, so I scratch and clawed with the uh, ten and six back to one game above five hundred on the season by doing that. Um, you're at uh, 88, 101, and three. I am at 95, 94, and three. So uh, back out to a seven-game lead on you. But you made up a lot of ground in the last couple of weeks in a in a hurry, uh, in a lot in a very quick amount of time. So believe me, I'm not feeling like it, it's completely over. We got four more weeks of, of picks to go for the regular season, um, and it's still anyone's ball game. Anything can happen. Um, now, as far as uh, last week, there was a lot of weirdness. Uh, for week 13, there's uh, yeah. we got a punter throwing a touchdown to a kicker. We got uh, uh, San Francisco and Baltimore in, in driving rain all day. We got uh, Green Bay uh, in driving snow, and they're not even in Wisconsin. That was in New York where, where they had the driving snowstorm and uh, still went up and down the field on the Giants. Uh, had a whole lot of different uh, primetime happenings, the, the Sunday Nighters. Uh, the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. Um, and, and all I want to start out with is just, uh, I know it's your lock, so you're going to uh, shit all over him as well. But I just want to say, fuck the Cleveland Browns. Oh fuck Freddie God. Kitchens uh, and his Pittsburgh started a t-shirt. Fuck Baker Mayfield in his hand. Uh, fuck everything to do with Cleveland. What a pathetic excuse for a franchise. That is the game that you're supposed to go out there and, and, and fight for your guy and, and stand up for your guy, and you just look like a bunch of third graders trying to take on the varsity high school team. You look so sad and pathetic. And now you have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 7-5 and five, uh, by virtue of knocking off the Browns last week behind Duck Boy. Um, and, and they're 
controlling basically their own playoff destiny, and I don't understand how they're doing it. I, I you know, you can give credit to Mike Tomlin, and I will. I'm not going to you know say it's a complete fluke, but I, I just want to say it helps a lot when you're playing the Cleveland Browns twice a year. I, I, I don't know how to add anything to what you just said because there's no reason that the Cleveland Browns had any business losing to Duck Boy. And, and that and that Pittsburgh team, and, and then just looking completely inept, they, they couldn't score. They weren't giving. It was a it was an ugly game, um, just to begin with. But I mean, Pittsburgh's defense completely held that that Cleveland offense in check. Baker Mayfield uh, completely has regressed this season. He he is not living up to any of the hype or any. Man, I have to see him on every commercial <laughs> under the sun. And I'm going to see it on a team that's not going to make the playoffs. And what's going to, what are they going to win? Six games? I mean, and, and he's just one of the, the few quarterbacks this year that when I, when I look at this Heckle and Jive award, it's like there there's a race for it. There's, it's usually not this bad. But when you, when you talk about quarterbacks that from one week to the next, I have no idea what I'm getting. There's, there's, there's Baker, there's Phillip Rivers, there's uh, – Jared Goff said, hold my beer, watch this, and, and throws up 424 or something on, on Arizona. And then last night, uh, Mitch Trubisky says, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to go set some records out here. I, I, there's some quarterbacks that I just don't know what the hell they're doing, and it seems like they don't know what they're doing either. I, you know, but I don't even know if Baker falls into that, because we have, have we seen good Baker Mayfield much this season at all? Yeah, maybe like twice, maybe two games where he looked like, oh, okay, he knows. Right. There was that one game a couple games ago where he finally found Odell Beckham in the back in the end zone. It's like, oh, he knows he's on the team. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a game they beat Buffalo in the last minute. Uh, was that that game? Yeah, but even yeah, that was so. a terrible performance. They just Because that was a very low-scoring game, and they just got hot on that last drive to beat Buffalo. Um, no, I'm talking about when they when they got the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. Oh, and put yeah. Everybody, and, and, everybody has had their moments of looking good against the Dolphins. No, I mean, I didn't obviously, know Baker was capable forgot, of that. I think you did forget the most heckle and giant quarterback in the NFL. Oh, geez. And that's Jameis Winston. <laughs> we just, I mean, <laughs> I mean we, pretty soon the heckle and giant award may be called the Jameis Winston Award. But it keeps up he, for too much longer. But is he more or less? Is he any more inconsistent than than Trubisky from one week to the next? Where it's like some games he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing at all, and then last night he comes out and every play he made was perfect. Was, was, uh, and, do we do we know if Trubisky was hurt earlier in the season? Yes, he he was. Um, he had that you know, shoulder so thing. Right, he had the shoulder thing. I mean, uh, I, I noticed uh, last night on the game call that ref, uh, Troy Aikman was referencing how the, the fans have been waiting for Trubisky to run more. And I was like, okay, has he been – he hurt his legs? Maybe it's that hip pointer, <laughs> hip pointer, <laughs> quote, unquote, that he suffered um, a couple of games back. But yeah, I mean, he looked like a completely different guy, but apparently the Cowboys are all about just giving up the booty right now. That that That, that squad – is makes no sense to me. The fact that you give up 31 to the Bears, that's how did how, how does Jason Garrett still have a job? Because Jerry Jones is the the GM and and owner of the Cowboys, and Jason Garrett that's is his boy. boy. That's 
his boy. That's but yeah, that's it. I mean, yeah. they got the Rams next week. Ah, beats me. <laughs> you you uh-uh. want to know my early thoughts on that one? I have no idea. Beats me. Um, yeah. Not that we like yeah, to jump I'm, too far ahead. We're, this is a recap portion of the show right now, <laughs> so we should be talking about last week. Uh, I, I, I think we are both uh, feeling pretty good about calling the Patriots uh, paper champions. I never had a doubt that they approved themselves yep. to, to be You didn't lock it up, champions. though, so you did have a doubt. I did. Uh, well, that, <laughs> again, uh, uh, we need no, a lock uh, intervention. <laughs> We're having an intervention. Come, that's what this is right now. We can't pick a lock to save our, our lives. You had zero doubt that the <laughs> Patriots were paper champions and that the Texans were going to whoop them, but you didn't yeah. lock it up. I, I didn't you locked lock up the up. Carolina Panthers, giving 10. <laughs> Just saying. This is an because intervention. The Redskins are trash. The hard yeah. truth. The hard truth needs to come out. This is an intervention. Oh, I, I need help. I admit it. I need help. Yeah. I, uh, I had the Dolphins to win straight up as 10-point dogs and was right and didn't lock it up. <laughs> uh, I had the Chiefs that, to cover 10 and a half, didn't lock it up. The Dolphins one real quick is uh, – the the Philadelphia Eagles should be yeah. absolutely ashamed of themselves. I'm not going to go fuck them like I did with the Cleveland Browns, but they all. How do you do that? How do you come out beating up on the on the Dolphins and, and leading 28 to 14? And what the fuck? You just you gave 37 to the Dolphins at the end of the day. You, you give a punter to kicker touchdown throw with Matt Hack or Matt Hawk, however you pronounce his name. To Jason Sanders, what what are you doing? What I don't, the, the Eagles are? Uh, they're in real trouble, and they'd be dead and buried if they were in a real division. But again, they're in the NFC East. But the the efforts that they've been putting together the the last few weeks, they're uh, I don't know what's going on there, but they're not playing anywhere near the the quality that I thought they would be playing. And, and Doug Peters has got to be pulling his hair out trying to figure out how to, to get that team back on track. Yeah, at least for Doug Peterson's credit, even if the season ends up being a complete disaster, you figure he's safe. Um, there's a lot of things that you could point to that not aren't necessarily coaching. I think health was a big problem sure. for that team. Uh, that roster makeup I don't think is very good. They definitely, I thought, downgrade. I know you like Miles Sanders, but that three-headed rushing attack that they had was, was very potent. And, you know, Clement's been gone, and they lost Jay Ajayi. It, it just it, it whatever it was it had worked, and it doesn't seem like it's working right now. And it doesn't help when the back end of your defense is as awful as the the Eagles is. Yeah, it's too bad too. That there's talent back there, but they they have had injury issues. Um, and now that they're back, they seem like they're kind of going through that preseason stage, and they're not all the way back. They're still working their way into cohesion. So they may be dangerous the rest of December, but as of right now, they're they're not looking very good. Now they get the uh, the Monday nighter uh, looking yeah. ahead very very briefly. They get what should be a bounce back spot with with uh, Eli Manning now making it one last uh, curtain call for the Giants, as it turns out. So uh, that one, uh, if you can't look good in that spot, I, I I think you might have to pack it in for the season. Yes, um, I agree, but I don't want to give away a pick because. I don't know where I'm you know, that's still that's the last thing we're gonna do. That's still at least an hour and that's like an hour and a half away. 
some more pouncing on our, our lock uh, issue. Uh, we both could have had the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. So there's also yeah. that. Uh, I wanted as, the as Saints. Of, I was on record saying that I wanted the Saints. Yeah, yeah. As my lock. But, and I would I add that one. Right. So here's another one that we totally boned. Andy Reid off a bye. Yeah. The Chiefs absolutely baptized the Oakland Raiders. We said death to Murga. We said enough of this, them trying to contend and be a division, a sneaky division champion. We need the Chiefs to put them down and, and we don't have to bother with them anymore. And the Chiefs did exactly that. They, they whooped them 40 to nine and we blew it. That's another easy one that we could have had. Yeah, uh, if you lock. think about the 10, you know, the 10 point favorites that we were faced with, uh, with the Panthers and the Chiefs, and here's you trusting the Chiefs. Don't forget the Eagles. But not picking right the Eagles. Eagles where I had the Dolphins. Yeah, this is whole, this whole thing. It all looks <laughs> great in hindsight, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But this is the yeah, anatomy gotta, of how all the we answers. can't. This is the anatomy of how we just can't pick a lock to save our lives right now. Oh, man. I mean, we do realize okay. that if we were in a confidence pool, that means that more than half the time our team with the most points loses. <laughs> that one, but that one really stuck me when I realized it's Andy Reid off a of bye. And he's been doing this since the uh, since the Eagles days, uh, where he just sits around apparently on his bye and doesn't take vacation. He just schemes yeah. up ways to defeat his opponent, uh, whoever he is, whoever it is coming off the bye. Yeah. Um, and, and we totally overlooked that. Uh, so many other options and opportunities. We talked about uh, the Houston Texans on Sunday night. Uh, against the New England Patriots. Did you enjoy uh, uh, profane uh, lip reading theater featuring Tom Brady? Because that was uh, that was a different. He was type a little of fired show. up. He, he was definitely fired up, but I, I, poor Tommy does doesn't have the weapons out there at, at all. I mean, he doesn't even. I don't think he knows where his guys are going to be, and this precision offense is just grinding to a halt. And the Texans' defense is not that good. No, they're they're really not. And uh, the Patriots, he... <laughs> the Patriots did a very similar game plan to what the Cowboys did last night. They scored some garbage time stuff and did some stat padding late to make to make that game a little bit more interesting. But the Texans completely dominated dominated that game for about fifty minutes until the Patriots finally got some dink and doink stuff to work and uh, made it somewhat more interesting late. Yeah, Brady is very always very fired up when things aren't going his way. We we've seen that many times over the years, but I think it's extra fired up because this is what mortality does to you. That if I may play dime store psychiatrist for you know, it, I do it every time, every week at some point, and this is the the time I'm going to do it this week. When you know you can't get the ball to these these little guys running around that don't know where they're going, when you know that in the old days when you had a bunch of guys running around that didn't know what they were doing, you led them to greatness. You put the ball where they could run under it and get it and look like they knew what they were doing. And you can't do that anymore because you're 42 years old and your arm doesn't work the way it used to. And it's never going to, and it's just, it's life. Father time is undefeated. 
And Tom Brady, I think, is facing that and, and sort of intellectually knows that, but he can't really admit that to himself emotionally. So he takes it out on his receivers and starts cussing yeah. at them and pointing at them and, and saying, this is where you need to be and you need to do this and that. Uh, so I don't, I'm not saying it's, it's uh, that the receivers are, are good and, and, and are getting to the right place and know what they're doing. They just have a bad quarterback. It's, it's not that. It's all of it. It's, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know how to get open. They don't know where to go to. And also, when they do get there, Tom Brady can't get them the ball downfield because his, his arm is a noodle right now. And then all of that is mixing together to, to cause a, a lot of frustration. I, I don't know how they were 10-1. I don't know how they're 10-2. I still don't understand the, 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 the success of the New England Patriots. I guess it's their, their great defense so far, but the, they didn't look like a great defense either on Sunday night. Right, and we were worried, you know, we looked at that schedule and we played that out, and they got into the meat of their schedule now, and the Texans and the Ravens both uh, gave it to them pretty good. And they got the Chiefs coming up, so it doesn't and get they much got the Chiefs coming up. And you think about the other good teams that have given them some fits this year. The Cowboys played them pretty close. The Eagles, shockingly, played them pretty close. And the Bills played them really close, so... Yes, they were ten and one, and now ten and two. But they weren't, you know, not all ten and one or ten and two teams. I think are the same. At the end of the day, they won the games, but we knew they were not doing it in an impressive fashion, and we talked about that every week. I think it was a running theme on this show for all the season so far. Of, well, again, the Patriots managed to win while looking completely unimpressive. This is what your eyes are telling you. We, yes. That's what we've been telling you all year is believe your eyes. The, the Patriots look like a, a team that did not necessarily deserve a lofty status in that record. The Ravens are 10-2 and two as well. Looking at how Baltimore is playing right now, I don't know when they lost those two games. I don't remember it because they look like they're right. undefeated. So 10-2 and two versus 10-2, and two, and you see what they did to the Patriots when they had a chance. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely different uh, ways to get to the same spot. Um, and different uh, paths you could take. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, the Houston Texans, that one was as simple as Deshaun Watson hit the kill shot when he had the chance, and Tom Brady could not. And that's pretty much all I was saying when I was picking that game was Deshaun Watson's going to have opportunities, even though the Patriots have this supposedly great defense and, and great secondary. Um, he, he's going to get opportunities because – they're going to give up opportunities. They've they've been giving up opportunities all year. It's just that sometimes they play in weather conditions that don't allow you to take advantage. And sometimes they play against teams that don't have the personnel to take uh, advantage. Um, and, and sometimes they play against Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. So this time they played a, a situation where uh, they were in Houston. The, the crowd was, was on the Texan side and Deshaun Watson hung in there and did not try to do too much, did not try to wait for, uh, the big play, every play, and, and wind up getting himself in trouble. He was patient. He was calm. But he, when he saw an opening, he took it, uh, running the ball. And when he, saw, when he saw the kill shot downfield, he took that and, and didn't panic and, and overthrow. And it's all that's all you got to do, really, against the Patriots. It sounds easy. It's a lot easier said than done. But when you have the kill shot, when you have the shot, take it. That, that, that's all you got to do. No, I, I agree with that 100%. And we talked about the Ravens, you know, how they look like yeah. a, you know, an undefeated team. And they go and they do it again. But my takeaway from that game was 
yeah, San Francisco is pretty good. And oh, sure. The Niners, you know, in defeat, you know, the, the, we don't, you know, nobody ever wants to have the moral victory, but the 49ers to go cross country in the rain and, and hang tough and basically end up losing late on a field goal and, and holding that team in check and actually being the first team I've seen all season to actually lay some lumber on Lamar Jackson. Um, exactly what I have feared for that poor young man is that he is going to end up getting, you know, bent in half like a toothpick. Uh, eventually it's going to happen to one of these running quarterbacks and the injury bug eventually will just do these guys in. It just gets so hard when you put the quarterback in harm's way that many times that you can't tempt fate that many, you know, just over and over and over. And San Francisco showed that it can be done. Tackle well, play your gaps. You know, Lamar Jackson's going to make his plays, but they they really they bogged down that Baltimore offense like I don't think anybody really has in the last month and a half. And I give full credit to uh, to the 49ers and, you know, for a team that at the start of the season, excuse me, nobody was looking at. They're really good. Yeah, the rain helped bog down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense. It did. However, the 49ers absolutely deserve credit for their part. Uh, they're one of the few teams, uh, as I said in our preview of the game, with the speed on defense to have a chance to catch up to Lamar Jackson uh, and the Ravens offense the way they operate. And, again, with the rain helping him out a lot, they they were able to do that to an extent. The Ravens still got theirs, as, as you saw, um, but – they didn't completely blow them out of the water. They, the, the 49ers were able to sort of stand their ground and, and hang in there. They got a, a key turnover at one point uh, where the Ravens were going to have a, a red zone possession at the beginning of the second half, but uh, somebody caught up to Lamar Jackson and, and was able to get a strip. Even more important than getting hits on Lamar Jackson is, is getting turnovers. Uh, and Marcel Harris was able to, to catch up to him after he, had a, a fake and sped around the corner and just embarrassed some 49ers defenders, which he did uh, several times, um, was, was got, uh, wound up getting stripped and giving the ball to the 49ers who were able to take advantage on offense, grinding away. And this is where they really deserve credit is uh, staying with the hot hand at running back. And, and this guy, Mostert, Raheem Mostert, was just running and grinding and, and very strong and would not go down um, and giving the Ravens all they could handle, and they just stayed with him instead of trying to force Tevin Coleman back in there. Uh, it's, this was a, a grinder game with, with the mud and the rain and all that. This wasn't a speedy little flea running back game, and, and Coleman probably would have got bogged down and, and would have got hit. So they stayed with the grinder Mostert, and, and he did a, a great job and, and really kept Baltimore right there and, and was the reason why they were so close and why they were able to cover that spread as, as – Baltimore drive, drove, of course, for that game-winning field goal to break the tie, uh, but as five-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, wound up not covering the number for us. But, but what a great right. effort by the 49ers. Yeah, so no no shame for the 49ers. The only shame is now they are in second place after that start. And they may wind up being as uh, disgusting and difficult of a, of a, of a wild-card matchup in the NFC as the Buffalo Bills threatened to be in the AFC. 
yeah, that's a, that's a very good comparison because you know I've been I've been hot on those Buffalo Bills <laughs> all year, um, but only because I had them going to the playoffs. That you know I had them in as a playoff team, and I know that was a little that was a little shocking moment early on in our uh, season when we had our preview show that I was all in on the Buffalo Bills, but they they have not proved me wrong. They they you, you, nobody blows out the Buffalo Bills. And I also get that weird feeling that nobody with the San Francisco team is, is set up very similarly. Offensively, they're a little different. You know, the, we're, we're, I think, you know, Josh Allen is more of a runner. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, we saw what happens when he tries to run. He gets jacked up and blown out for the season. So, no, yeah. he needs to stay back there and he needs to try to pick you apart. And there's a lot of play action, a lot of running. Um, but that's what I, what I really like. That, you know, there's that Kyle Shanahan offense again. Where did we see that? Did we just see that a few years ago? Very familiar looking, yeah. Heavy Very running familiar. game, lots of play action, keep your quarterback efficient, keep him upright. Keep, oh, yeah, that got a, that Atlanta team to break all those records and get to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl and got Matt Ryan an MVP. Mm-hmm. So a lot of respect for San Francisco and what they're doing right now. But, yeah, no, uh, if they have to go. Nobody's going to want to play them as a five. Nobody. No. Just like nobody's going to want to play the Bills as a five. Exactly. And, yeah, San Francisco goes into Dallas, let's say, as a five. (laughs) They're going in as a favorite. Yes. They're going in as probably a a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Dallas to play an eight-and-eight Dallas squad if they're lucky. They're they're giving five or six if they have to go to Philadelphia, too. So, either way. No, so nobody nobody's going to want any piece of the five seed from either conference this year. No, no doubt. Um, who's who's the uh, who's the four seed in in the AFC going to wind up being? Is that going to be the? Uh, well, right uh, now, would that be the winner of the the, the Chiefs? It, it's got to be the Chiefs or the Texans right now, right? Yeah, they're they're, they're they sort of battling for six? it. I think I they're both so. seven and six. So, yeah. So the Chiefs and the uh, the Chiefs and the Texans are vying with each other to not have to play the Buffalo Bills in the first round. Although there's another team, a team in your home state, that if it goes in as a six, nobody might want to play them either. And that's your Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they're quite hot. Uh, they they are quite the, uh... hot. I saw the stat today or heard the stat today that what since week six, Ryan Tannehill is the highest rated quarterback in the league. <laughs> you couldn't even get that out of your mouth without chuckling. That's how ludicrous that is. Um, but yeah, then, you know, yeah. you know, is this a Sam Bradford thing for highest rated, you know? No, no, you'd have to watch. No, I mean, no, that offense, me. that offense is clearly different. Well, like I, I mean, I told you right when he got the job that wide receivers will be relevant again. And it, it's happening, and it, it just shows you what Marcus Mariota, you know, how how his utter collapse, you know, he couldn't throw the football. Exactly. He was finished. He, he Whether it was injury or confidence or, or a combination of that, he right. could not execute an NFL offense by the time he got benched. And Ryan Tannehill right now can't. We've seen in Miami where he can't. He, he might run into a cold streak where he looks inept, but at the moment – he has not. He looks completely epped, uh, if that's a word, um, and very much helped by uh, Derrick Henry has done his second half explosion at running back. That that kind of goes hand in hand with what Tannehill has been doing. 
But yeah, it's not a Sam Bradford comparison at all because if you watch them, it's simply Tannehill not panicking and, and taking advantage of what's out there when he has to drop back and throw. Uh, whereas Bradford was panicking and dumping off to running backs and gaining three yards at a time and right. racking up a, a great completion percentage and a great uh, passer rating while leading his offense downfield uh, at the pace of basically a grandmother crossing the street. And so that is not what's going on in Tennessee. Yeah, no, and I actually was I was talking to one of my coworkers about this with the with the Titans and with Ryan Tannehill about how that offense after you know, benching Mariota and going back to Tannehill or going to Tannehill, I should say, which we predicted actually in our season preview. There's another, there's another uh, push for us for people to go back and listen to that show because we actually did call the Ryan Tannehill would be the starter at some point taking meaningful snaps for this team. We didn't see it would so happen so soon. Um, but I think what happened is that, that without having the gadget quarterback back there, without having the mobile guy and, you know, now they're playing so much more straight up where Derrick Henry is now. He's the running back. He's not sharing running back carries with Marcus Mariota. That's great. And, uh, that's a, a great observation by you because I actually have that written down as a game observation watching the, the actual game uh, yeah. between the Titans uh, last week uh, and the Colts um, where I was shocked to see Derrick Henry get the ball three carries in a row and they did it twice. And before when Mariota starting, that was actually rare. They never right. would give Derrick Henry the ball that many times in a row because uh, I don't know if it was because they were trying to use Mariota as a, as a change of pace running back and wanted to be quick and, and, and sneaky and say, Oh, you think Henry's going to slam into you again? Oh no! Watch this. It's going to be an RPO, and and Mariota's going to keep the thing. And ooh, look at how tricky we are! Uh, it may have been some of that. I don't know, uh, but for whatever reason, they absolutely, uh, to your point, definitely ran their offense more straight ahead, more like a traditional offense where you get the uh, you get the lead and you get your your guy, your your big running back going downhill. Uh, you get them running and and get four or five yards and you line them up again and run and get maybe three and get close to third and two. You don't fuck around. You don't do anything silly and call for a pass. You line it up and say, hey, run and get those two yards and get that first down. That's exactly what he did. Uh, and they did that uh, two different times. That is, that was, that's just rare. Uh, as someone who watches a, a lot of Titans football being here in Tennessee, of course, uh, it was rare for them to line up Henry three times in a row uh, and run it. So maybe they know Ryan Tannehill's effectiveness going hand in hand with that is predicated on limiting his throws and limiting trying to rely on Tannehill to be the guy to make decisions and just here, we're going to have you give it to Derrick Henry three times in a row and you don't have to make any decisions. And, and when you do have to make a decision, it'll be uh, something where you're not fried and frazzled over the last bad decision you made. We're just not going to give you that many decisions to make. And I think that's uh, exactly why the Titans are, are playing such efficient football right now. Yeah, I could, I could, I could definitely see the Titans going in as a solid six and giving somebody a fit in Wild Card Weekend. Sure. So they actually used to do that anyway. If you remember them going to Kansas City and being down seventy-five to nothing and coming back and winning that game, they they found a way to give teams fits even with Mariota at quarterback. Oh yeah, I remember that one. They got the Chiefs right where they won them. I believe was the. <laughs> text yeah. I sent you at halftime of that game. 
and sure enough. Because I, again, had the Titans because you had that love-hate relationship with the Chiefs. That was the year, I believe, right after the uh, Colts-Chiefs matchup. Oh, boy. Don't remind me of that one. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely remember that one. That that, that Mariota comeback in that second half and – yeah, they're they're getting blown out at halftime, and I'm getting ready to leave work, and I tell everybody at work, ah, Titans got this. We got them right where they want them, and I actually remember texting you that. <laughs> and then I'm just listening to that all unfold on the radio on my drive home from work just with a grin on my face because I just knew it was going to happen. Of course. Um, quick aside in that uh, same Titans-Colts game, Man, very, very sad to watch Adam Vinatieri totally turn to shit before our eyes. He's, he's got the yips. Terrible. He's, he's got awful. the yips. He's finished. They just they need to cut him. They deactivated him this week and said he's hurt, but th- no, it, it's oh, over. He's hip, 47. Hip pointer. <laughs> yes. Hip pointer. It's Matt spread. Nagy had to talk to him for 10 minutes about his hip pointer. It spread from Trubisky to, to Vinatieri. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> He's but, a Hall of Famer, yeah. right? He's a Hall of Famer. Just let him go. Yes, he's, he might be the greatest place kicker of all time, and he's finished. Just just cut him. Patriots uh, have less Super Bowls if it weren't for Adam Vinatieri. Absolutely. Maybe two less. This, Maybe three Mr. less. Clutch. Yeah, well, he, he had to make those two kicks in the snow in the tuck rule game. Then he also ah. had to kick all those game-winning field goals. That, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. That's yeah, all of that is true. There's no, there's no denying any of that. Uh, so the uh, and and the Colts game... are done, right? I think we can agree the Colts collapse. Oh, yeah. is, is, I I called the Colts collapse a few weeks ago, but it's in full effect. It is. It's just, that, that's injuries as well. Their, their top receiver T.Y. Hilton and also their top running back yeah. Marlon Mack, and then there's yeah, there's there's no coming back from that. I don't believe. I know. I know. We still have 15 games left on the docket here, so I guess for the sake of brevity, um, any anything else we need to, to discuss? Um, uh, I believe we both had into... Drew Locke. We both had Drew Locke winning his first NFL start, so congratulations to that young man. The, the 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 San Diego Clipper Chargers of Los Angeles continue to invent new ways to lose football games. Nine seconds left, and the kid just heaves it up for shits and giggles, <laughs> yeah. and gets a, a PI to to get field goal range a, for a blatant to win that, game. that was not a cheap call. It wasn't, but the throw was cheap as hell. He just heaved it up there. He oh, yeah. had no well, idea where Brady's the ball was going. Clear out of doing that, right? Why can't the young kid do it in his Why first start? Why are you talking about Tommy? That's the greatest of all time. Come on. Uh, people who haven't watched Patriots football might say that, but I've, you know, <laughs> Patriots football the last four or five years has been Tom Brady panicking and throwing up these 40-yard lame duck bombs that come up so short of the receiver that the defender, you know, the receiver has to come back and the defender runs through the guy and gets the flag. That was the Patriots' deep ball. For the last, and now he doesn't even have that. Yeah. Uh, it was like when I said Aaron Rodgers' only move was to get the other team to jump off sides, and when he could stop doing, team stopped jumping off sides, he kind of started going to shit. <laughs> and now he's had to adjust. And then and it's worked out for him uh, very well. Um, yeah. I was trying to look, I was trying to look over my notes for the uh, the Monday Nighter with the Vikings and the Seahawks. Um, that was curious because Seattle 
takes over and takes control in the second half doing exactly what they're supposed to do, which is Russ bombing all over the place and, and hoping for big plays and eventually they get them. Um, and they, they're up 34, 17 at one point. And uh, for some unknown reason, uh, the Seahawks show, kind of showing where their weakness is and why you can't take them too seriously. They let Laquan Treadwell of all people get behind them for a 50 yard TV TD yeah. rather uh, to, to get within 10. Um, they, they get some trickeration um, and get a, a fake punt direct snap to uh, to Travis Homer. That was Seattle, actually, to try to come back. Um, yeah. Wind up turning it over, though. Uh, and, and Minnesota gets another chance and, and wind up going back down the field. And, and Kyle Rudolph makes a one-handed grab uh, for a touchdown to get him uh, to 34-30. And it was just one of those deals where I did not expect the Vikings to go back and forth. Uh, at, at, at the end of that game in the second half. But uh, there you go with Kirk Cousins uh, kind of doing his own heckle and jive thing again and, and having good points and bad points. Uh, and eventually they they come up short uh, and lose 37 to 30. But that was wilder than, than it probably had any right to be. Uh, I don't know what to take from that. I don't know if that's a good thing that the Vikings competed and stayed in that game uh, after I thought they were going to get blown out. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I think the Seahawks have some some issues when you go, when you put up 37 on the Vikings and, and you still wind up only winning uh, because of a, uh, you know, a, a last second fumble uh, on the kickoff uh, and the Vikings didn't have a chance to, to try to complete right. the comeback. That That's kind of disturbing to me. Yeah. You know, and I picked the Vikings, which goes against every fiber of my being to take Kirk Cousins in prime time against a opponent with a winning record. And even though I lost the pick, they didn't lose because of Kirk Cousins doing some stupid brain fart stuff. I did have, right. I did notice something in Kirk Cousins' makeup though, that he seems to really not be able to place the ball well when he's throwing to his left on these short routes and in the flat. He had one picked, and he kept trying to force these throws off to the left. And I don't know if it's his receivers not getting separation. It just didn't look natural. And every time he went that way, it just it was just a bad play. And I just kept mm. seeing this over and over and over again. It's just something I want to keep my eye on as I see more Vikings football as we approach the playoffs here, because it, every every other throw he was making looked really good. But sometimes, you know, and having having granted I've never played professionally, but having you know you have throws. I've played quarterback. You have throws that you're more comfortable making. And he looks extremely uncomfortable throwing that ball off into the left flat. Keep your eye on that. Okay. I, I will. I certainly will. I had not noticed that maybe, a, maybe a blind spot situation with him that, uh, yeah. You know. Or it's just the mechanics of the throw or, you know, the angles that you've got to create to make the throw with the receiver. And you maybe just don't have the touch or, you know, I don't know how he's, what he was doing in there, but yeah, every time I would see him force some throws off to the left, um, it just the results were very poor. I would love to. I would love to see what his passing chart looked like for those pa- those those short passes off to the left. They could not have been favorable. There you go, Doctor Jason, the quarterback guru, is giving you tips. Kyle, uh, Doctor Dr. J is already taken. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Kirk, Kirk, you got to listen. You got to listen when. You get the advice. You gotta 
Stop uh, forcing those throws into the left flat. That's my advice for Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? Take that advice, and maybe we'll we'll like that better. All right, yeah, we got uh, we got a big slate here. We got uh, fifteen, we do. We got 15 big games. games again. This is, we're back to, you know, we probably won't be able to do as much expounding on every game. I mean, by by we, I mean you. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And most of the games don't deserve expounding, so no, I'll try there, to keep that in mind. No, there are some games. If we end up talking too much about some of these games, that's on us. That's our fault. Correct. Um, so with that in mind, I will try to get the plugs out of the way very quickly. I, I was talking about my Twitter earlier. Please, at Dre. somebody send me that gif of Shaq swatting away the, the stupid Dak dances all over the place. I would love to see that. Uh, Jason is on Twitter at IMLDJTG. Of course, you are listening to the show live on the only place you can listen, which is the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. You can search through and find the archives of every show that we've ever done. I never remember to go see what number of show we're up to. It's in the 300 somewhere. Um, but every show we've ever done is there. You can uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, any different number of uh, podcasting apps. Tune in. Mixcloud, Player.fm, and, and many others. Uh, our shows are archived there as well. If you subscribe, you will get the show as a uh, podcast downloaded to you as soon as we're done with it. And when you get the podcast version, you get this live two-hour version, and also you get an after show after the two-hour live portion is over. Uh, any questions or comments, you can communicate with this, with this show via email. You would send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. And our football picks will be up on the blog sometime tomorrow. Um, and those picks are always up and available at the website in much less detail.blogspot.com. 15 more games to pick for week 14 in the NFL as the season rolls on. We're at the top of the stretch and headed for December football coming up. It actually started Thursday night, last night, and will continue on Sunday. We will start our Sunday picks up there in your neck of the woods, uh, Jason, in Wisconsin with the Washington Redskins visiting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, are they going to have snow on Sunday, some more snow, or is it going to be calm? Sunday looks good. Monday is the snow day here. Mm. So okay. my there's, there's the weather forecast from me, uh, being that I am uh, actually headed to the Twin Cities to do some Christmas shopping uh, for Monday. So I made the determination this year that I am not going to do all my shopping online. So I am actually going to go and do it the old fashioned way this year. I'm actually looking forward to that. I haven't done that in a long time. It, used to just, it was just Amazon on the toilet, right? You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's come on. It's when you buy stuff on Amazon, you know, you take it a crap, buy some stuff on Amazon. In fact, at my job, we actually refer to running to the men's room as I'm going to go buy some things on Amazon. Um, that's a little joke we have with everybody. So, um, no, weather looks okay. So the snow will be, the snow will hold off until after, well after the game is over. Um, yeah, Packers are given the big number here. Uh, Redskins, well, Redskins won last week, right? They, they blew up your lock. Um, oh, boy, did they but ever. they did it in an extremely unimpressive fashion. Dwayne Haskins is still just absolute garbage at the quarterback position. He may get better. Um, it, it's going to require a lot, but you know, the tools are definitely there, but they just don't have the players 
around him. 175-year-old Adrian Peterson's not going to have a huge impact on this game. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the Packers. I would give all 13, but I'm still not going to lock it up. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> what, what do we know about locks, clearly? Nothing. Uh, officially, the 3-9 and nine Redskins are indeed plus 13 at the 9-3 and three Packers. Uh, oh, I even spoiled the... that. Sorry, I didn't give it a chance. To... I just, I just yeah. jumped right into my pick. That's quite all right. That's one of those picks that doesn't need much expounding. So you're right to steamroll right over that. Uh, tied on the board for the biggest spread of the week, and I will concur with you and give the 13. The Skins could not stop running all over the Carolina Panthers with, with Peterson and Darius Geis. Um, and the Packers are not exactly uh, very stout in run defense, but they're they're stronger up the middle. They're a little stronger, at least, than, than what Carolina was, was showing. So I think they'll – have yeah. a little success in stopping uh, Washington, and yeah, uh, Dwayne Haskins has not shown much yet in his in his career. I also year, have but... a suspicion. I also have a suspicion that the Packers will uh, field a much better offense than the uh, Carolina Panthers did. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers is a bit of an upgrade over Kyle Allen. Just yeah. a little um, bit. Just a little. Uh, on to the uh, 49ers and the Saints. Uh, one of the three big games this week. If we were doing highlight games, this would be one of the three. You got two. Yeah. 10 and two teams doing battle. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, 49ers are two and a half point dogs down in the Superdome at the Saints. You know, the Drew Brees came back and he had that first big game. And since then it's been more of sort of the same with Drew Brees where they're, they're winning the games, but they're not doing it with him putting up the big numbers. They're winning with defense. He's Drew Brees at this stage of his career, I think is just going to be more of the, more of a game manager. I, I fear for the Saints in this game because the, the Niners defense, I think, is going to be able to do the one thing that Drew Brees and any quarterback, but really Drew Brees just can't handle. And that's just get pressure in his face. And Drew Brees is not a mobile guy. So if with him, it's all about getting the ball out quick and you need to be able to get to him with a quick rush. And I think the 49ers and their front seven are going to be able to make enough havoc in, in, in Drew Brees' face that they may force him into some bad throws, uh, maybe even turn them over a couple of times. So I'm actually going to go ahead and take the 49ers here. I think the 49ers are just the better team. Uh, they showed me a lot last week in Baltimore. Uh, Saints are coming up a little extra rest because of that game they had against the Falcons um, and also having to play the Falcons, which is also going to help you get some rest because the Falcons aren't putting up much of a fight. Now, after after their little run, to get back out of FedEx territory, they are right back in the tank again, it looks like. But I, I'm very impressed with the 49ers, and I think they're the class in this game. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take them and uh, take the two. Uh, well, I got, I got two and a half. So they, they're, yeah, I'll, take, I'll uh, take that too. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, injury news. Uh, the Saints are in a little bit of trouble at linebacker. Uh, Kiko Alonso's out. AJ Klein is out. You know you have – desperation at the linebacker spot when you have to go on the street and pick up Manti Teo, who is back with the Saints. I never thought that he'd be back in the league, catfish. but there you have it. <laughs> Old Catfish is back in the Old league. Old Catfish figure. Teo, he's back. His, his girlfriend will be sitting there in the seats, I'm sure. Um, yeah, the Saints uh, have that, that problem. The 49ers have a, an injury issue uh, without Jaquiski Tart, who's uh, been a very effective uh, safety for them this year. He's not going to play. 
And I think that's going to have a profound effect because the the, uh, 49ers run D has already been trending down the last six weeks. They went from seventh to 22nd in run defense. Uh, Playing Baltimore will help, of course, bring your numbers down. But it feels like an opening for uh, uh, Alvin Kamara to, to sort of get off the spot and and have a big game, which he hasn't had in a long time. And so to take the lead in that offense, uh, as you're talking about, that is not looking explosive under Drew Brees, who looks like he's going through the same Tom Brady issue, which is you get to a point that it's just not there anymore. And, and Brees looked like from the second half of last year on, uh, looked like that he was sort of throttling down and, and not looking like the, the Drew Brees that we're used to seeing. So I agree with you definitely on that point. Uh, but I think Sean Payton knows that and sees that, and I think uh, he's going to find a, a game plan to get Alvin Kamara more involved and, and get the running game more involved for the Saints. Uh, New Orleans coming off avenging that uh, Atlanta loss uh, by coming out and taking them out on Thanksgiving, uh, still not looking so impressive. But uh, I, I, you, you referenced the uh, the time and as far as the rest goes for these two teams. And I think that actually plays a point as well. You got New Orleans coming off of the uh, the 10-day layoff from playing on Thanksgiving. And you have San Francisco not just coming off the shorter layoff, but coming off of hanging with uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, and such a physical and fast team and in the rain. And how much did that sap out of them? That was a very tiring, very physical, very exerting type of, of effort that they put forth on Sunday to, to come out with the L um, how much did that take is, is, a, is a very fair question. And just to have new Orleans sort of rested up and waiting, um, I think is a, is a, is actually a big deal. And I'm, that's going to sway me to take uh, the new Orleans saints in this game and give it a two and a half. Uh, I think it's going to be really a really fun contest and, and close, but I think the saints will find a way to, to be there by a touchdown at the end, because that's kind of just what they do. Off of that, we go to Carolina and Atlanta, the aforementioned Falcons, um, in NFC South hot action. No, not so hot. The uh, Panthers at 5-7, and seven, just firing their coach. Bye-bye, Chico Rivera. Uh, they are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. There's a hook there at the 3-9 and nine Atlanta Falcons. I don't like the hook. I'm taking the Falcons here. They're getting Julio Jones and Austin Hooper back. And I know that the Panthers and – Sometimes you go to the interim head coach and you get that little bit of a bump. Everything kind of gets simplified. But I, I think that Kyle Allen and, and everybody knows that with Kyle Allen, you just let's just key on Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen's not going to just beat us single-handedly here. I think that the Falcons win a game that's probably high scoring, um, but I'll say that they'll stay three and a half points clear of the Panthers. Yeah, um, definitely a big deal that Julio Jones and, and Austin Hooper come back and make uh, uh, something closer to the full offense for the Falcons that uh, that they're supposed to have. That's a big deal for them. So, so much for playing for Chico for the Panthers. Uh, will they play for Perry Fuel, the the, the interim coach? Will they do any better uh, for him? No, probably, probably not. Um, so I will concur and give the three and a hook and. and take Atlanta one more time. I said I was giving them one more chance, and they and they failed me, but I'm giving them one more, one more chance. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be... I don't know when to quit the Falcons. I just can't quit the Falcons. Uh, so I'm going with them one more time. So we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. 
onto the Lions and the and the uh, Vikings uh, in NFC North action. Detroit at three eight and one. They had a Thanksgiving uh, with their uh, interim third string quarterback David Blau. Um, and so they're coming off that same 10 day uh, rest. They are nonetheless, this is the other biggest spread of the week. Also 13 point underdogs at Kirk Cousins and the eight and four Vikings. It is so hard for me to trust the Minnesota Vikings as this big of a favorite, but I think, I think David Blau, you know, with the YOLO balls last week, it was funny. I was so mad that you took that. You started calling it that. Cause I had that. <laughs> I was going to say it. <laughs> and you just stole it from me that he was just, you know, it was just YOLO, right? Hey, you're only going to do this one yeah! time, you know? Yeah, here we go. That's not going to work in this game, I don't have a feeling. I understand that Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes can sometimes be a little bit over-aggressive, and they do get a lot of uh, PI calls against them. But I, I think that the Minnesota front is going to be able to kind of handle this guy. He's got something on film now, and he definitely bogged down in the second half of that Bear game after the Bears came out and, you know, finally figured out that this guy was just – he didn't care. He, he was, you know, he was just going to drop back, and he was just going to start chucking those things deep. And, it, you know, the Bears, they adjusted – and all of a sudden, that Lions offense bogged down. I think it bogs down in a big way here this week. I'm going to go ahead and take the Vikings and give the points. Now, this ain't the Chicago Bears cover zero, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> the, the, Vi- <laughs> the Vikings do have their own. Man, nobody. <laughs> and I mean nobody blows coverage like the Chicago Bears. This is going back 20 years. I still see yeah. Steve Smith running up the sideline in that playoff oh. game. Uh, you're, you're twisting a knife in, in every Bears fan when you say that. Was that Jake DeLome? Um, it, it was. It, it was. With the ice cream truck? Uh, that was the ice cream truck driver game, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, all of that. All of, all of that is true. Another reference um, that only people who listen to this show would get. Because <laughs> the guy actually wasn't an ice cream truck driver. That's just what I I came up with that <laughs> almost immediately. And that stuck for 20 years probably. Um, in week seven, uh, they, these two had their first matchup of the of the season, and it was a very interesting game up in Detroit, uh, yeah. where the the Matthew Stafford and the Lions kept fighting and kept giving the Vikings all they could handle, and kept putting up touchdowns at a time when the the Lions were struggling to score touchdowns. They were actually getting in the end zone repeatedly against the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins had an answer every single time. Uh, and and Dalvin Cook as well, and the Vikings came back and won that game, 42 to 30, behind four touchdown throws by Cousins and two touchdown runs by Dalvin Cook. And you would think that would lead me to say, yeah, the Vikings are going to once again trounce all over the Lions, and they don't even have Matt Stafford to to help lead a comeback. They have David Blau, uh, but I'm worried about a couple things. I already talked about that Vikings secondary and you talked about it too how much trouble they've been having this season keeping up and and trying to control their over aggressiveness and I'm also still worried about Dalvin Cook's health he's looking like he's going to be less than effective maybe the whole rest of the of the season he's definitely not playing the way he was before uh, the Vikings bye week uh, and he's he's hurt he's a little beat up Um, it's clear when you watch him try to run um, and I don't think they have the same Dalvin Cook there as they had before. Do they have the same Kirk Cousins? Who the hell knows because it's Kirk Cousins. You, you have no idea from one game to the next. 
Um, so I'm going to give, uh, or, or I'm sorry, I'm going to take those big points, uh, and I'm going to take the the Yolo boy, uh, David Blau, and uh, hopefully he'll throw up a couple deep touchdowns, and even if he doesn't do anything else, that'll hopefully be enough to cover the numbers. So I'm going to take Detroit and, th- and the 13 points. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns in the Battle of Ohio, the 1-11 Bengals and the 5-7 and seven Browns, Lord help Mighty these two teams, these these two franchises. Uh, the Bengals are seven and a hook. There's another hook, seven and a half point dogs in the dog pound at the Browns. I've been going fairly favorite heavy uh, to start the show here, but I'm actually going to take these points. I'm going to take the seven in the hook. Andy Dalton came back. He showed me a little something last week. He, he, you know, he can still produce a good game. And against the most, depending on your point of view, the most or the second most underachieving team in the NFL in the Cleveland Browns. And that's, it's, it's just a dumpster fire. I don't think, I think they're in their heads. I don't think there's any confidence. I don't know if the coach knows how to coach. I don't know if the quarterback knows how to complete balls. His accuracy rate is absolutely terrible. And yeah, the Bengals suck, but so did Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh sucks Mm. too. So I'll go ahead. I'll take the Bengals. They're not going to win, but I, I love that seven and a hook. Yeah, it's going to be a redshirt year for A.J. Green, it looks like. They, they keep putting him on the uh, injury report and then ruling him out by the time the uh, the weekend comes. He's, he's not going to play. I don't know why they're uh, pretending like he is. Uh, the injury news on Cleveland side is Baker Mayfield in his hand. He's, he's got some sort of hand injury, but uh, he's not going to be somebody that's going to sit out for any reason he's going to play and you know why because you heard him say that he's going to play because his mama didn't wear he's no wuss um and, and as, I, as i said on twitter his mama sure raised a flaming sack of pus i know that much he may not she may not have raised a wuss uh she's uh, she's got to be ashamed of him everyone in cleveland has to be ashamed of this thing how can you root for this cleveland browns team they are so unlikable and just uh they're they're just bad. They're a they're a bad team. They're badly coached. The players are underachieving. They're just there's there's no reason to root for the Cleveland Browns, uh, and there's no reason to give seven and a half and take the Cleveland Browns, even though they're playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And that's why I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns and give the seven and a half because there's no fucking reason to do it. So I'm going to do it anyway. Oh wow. Okay. And yeah. And don't forget that the Cleveland Browns players also rip off the helmets of quarterbacks and bludgeon them <laughs> over the head with them. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. We actually saw that. Yeah. That uh, happened. We, we, we actually saw that happen. Well, no, we're in the region where you see something happen and you, you didn't really see that. You, even fake though you news. see and you hear something. Yep, it's fake. fake news. It's people setting it's you up. News. People trying to trying to tell you something that really didn't happen. I don't care what you saw. <laughs> and by the way, he called me a racial slur. <sighs> a week <Until> later. <laughs> Was that oh, before boy. or after you clubbed him with the helmet? <laughs> I, I, I'm not really the kind of guy to drop racial slurs, but I'll tell you what. Somebody cl- rips off a helmet uh, in the club. I may do it. <laughs> I thought he was I thought he was saying he ripped off the helmet and beat him with it as a result of being called racial yeah, slurs. Yeah, I, I know by... that's what he's saying. I oh, just, okay. Hey, it's all fake news, right? We could just make it yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. He, he did it after I hit him with the helmet, or, or he did it before. Whatever you want to believe. I think you know what he said. Kurt Warner knows what he said after he hit him over the head with the helmet. He did? Yeah. 
Oh God. You don't call me off guard that one. But I would say somebody hit me over. Actually, it wasn't even the first hit. It was the second hit with Ogajobi. Oh, My favorite part of that play. Where he's looking at the referee trying to figure out, did you see this guy try to murder yeah. me by hitting me in the head with a helmet? And somebody else comes blindsides him out of nowhere. Just comes up and goes, bitch. <laughs> at that point, Rudolph has got to be like, oh. We haven't had one of the, we haven't had a, we haven't had that in a while on the show. So yeah, that was that was right there. Yeah, it really was. All right, on to the. Uh, <laughs> There's another. That's another deep cut story that we don't need to tell. No, certainly not. <laughs> that's such a good one though. <laughs> All uh, right. If, if you if you catch us off the air sometime, ask us about this. Yeah, story. ask us about bitch. <laughs> yes, moving along to the uh, to the Dolphins and the Jets. We really have to move along and pick this Dolphins Jets game because everyone is waiting for our opinion about uh, Dolphins Jets. You know, uh, I've Miami is hot with the Dolphins this year. Uh, yeah, so maybe people should be uh, waiting for your opinion. Uh, Miami is now three and nine, uh, improbably. Uh, they are five point underdogs at Sam Darnold and the four and eight New York Jets. Yeah, I absolutely, of course, I'm going to take the Miami Dolphins. It's a big number. So I think that the Dolphins, while they may lose the game, I think they're they're good, bad, bad, good enough to stay under the five. Um, the Jets last week, oh, my God. That performance that the Jets had last week was, well, that was one for the ages. Um, just how awful they looked. I mean, we thought they were going to go out and they were going to look amazing. And the, the Cincinnati Bengals just absolutely just housed them. And we figured all the Jets can one. handle. The Jet, yeah, you did. The Jets can handle bad teams. And, the boy, the Bengals <laughs> handled them. And yeah. the Dolphins have not quit. The Dolphins have tanked. They've done everything. They've sold off all their best players, and yet somehow, some way, they've still got three wins, and they've been a cover machine over the last seven, eight weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins to cover again. So those of you uh, running to Vegas, listening, <laughs> waiting for my Dolphins pick, there it is. Take those points. They're also making uh, touchdowns and fantasy stars out of the punter and the kicker. They're, they're, they don't give a damn. They're just doing whatever they feel like doing because why not, you know? Uh, and, and I can respect that, I guess. Um, in week nine, the Dolphins beat, of course, the Jets 26-18 to down in Miami. It was the first win of the year for the Dolphins. It was uh, – some people thought it was going to be the only win of the year for the Dolphins, but they've gotten two more since. Uh, they did that behind uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 288 yards and three touchdown passes. Um, he may have a similar performance tomorrow because the best player for the Jets over the past month, without any question, has been their safety, Jamal Adams. He's got a bad ankle. It's looking looking like he's not going to play. Uh, so I will concur and take the uh, the Dolphins and, and take the five points. I'm actually a little flabbergasted as to how the Jets were favored by five over anybody, the, the way they've been playing this year. I don't quite understand it, but I'll, I'll go with the fish. I'll go with you and take the fish. I'm not locking them in. I'm not making that mistake again, uh, but I will take my hand. Yeah, our oh. locks. The, oh. <laughs> yes, just the less said, the better. 
Uh, on to uh, the second of the three sort of main event games this week. It's the Baltimore Ravens and the Buffalo Bills. So the Ravens uh, knock off the uh, the Patriots and that top-ranked defense. They get the, the 49ers and their top-ranked defense, and they uh, have a sort of mud-wrestling match with them and come out on top at the end of that game. Now they have to go into Buffalo and that near-top-ranked defense. Uh, so yet another test for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, but they're playing so confidently and so well that the 10-2 and Baltimore Ravens are giving six big points at the 9-3 and Buffalo Bills. That is an awfully large number considering nobody, and I mean nobody, just blows out the Buffalo Bills. This team is almost impossible to blow out. Every time you think that you've you've seen the Bills, like, oh, man, I think they're getting a little shaky. Defense makes a big play. They turn somebody over. Josh Allen starts running around like crazy. Uh, you know, 140-year-old Frank Gore starts running the ball. I, those receivers, they don't hardly even have them. I mean, we've got the two. Uh, we've got Beasley. And we just talked about these guys and John Brown, you know, the pro receivers, but not big names, but they, they're just very professional. Nobody seems to be able to unlock the secret to just absolutely putting their foot on the throat of the Buffalo Bills and, and just keeping them out of a football game. That's why I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens and I am giving the six points. The big weakness of the Buffalo <laughs> Bills is their run defense. You can run on the Buffalo Bills and the Baltimore Ravens are an offense that is completely predicated on running the ball with Ingram and Jackson. And I think it's just going to be Ingram and Jackson, Ingram and Jackson, Ingram and Jackson, and then some play action and a little Hollywood Brown. I do think that they win by a touchdown. I don't think that this is a blowout, but if I think that the Ravens are going to be a touchdown better than the Buffalo bills, you know, probably 24, 17, 23, 16 type game, I will give the points um, begrudgingly because this, this pick scares me because of my full knowledge and acceptance of the fact that all of a sudden you look up in the fourth quarter and the Bills are hanging around the game and then at the end of the game you look up and they won by a point. That could very well happen. Um, Hollywood Brown has an ankle injury. He's iffy for the game. Um, got windy conditions again in, in Buffalo is what the forecast is calling for. We had a whole lot of crazy windy, uh, rainy and weird weather last weekend. We're going to have a little more of that on Sunday. Uh, looks like wind gusts in, in Buffalo. I don't see too much, uh, rain, but I do see some more, uh, windy and, and, and inclement conditions as far as weather goes. Uh, yeah, Baltimore handled, San Francisco's high rank D. Now they draw Buffalo on the road. That was uh, that spread was uh, very surprising to me uh, when I saw it, and surprising to you as well. Uh, Project Josh Allen got to give him some props. He's gotten better and better, but uh, this is a nice test. The, the Baltimore Ravens defense. Everyone, of course, is, when they preview this game, is talking about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense, but uh, the Buffalo offense against the Baltimore defense is also. Uh, an intriguing matchup. The Ravens had a lot of injuries in their secondary early in the year and had some really bad showings, but they've gotten themselves together. Uh, they pulled their pass defense in the last uh, six games up from 25th in the league uh, all the way to 13th now, uh, which is quite the climb. Um, conversely, on the other side, 
the, the Buffalo Bills run defense has fallen from 10th to 14th, and they've gone from giving up 3.9 yards per carry to 4.5, which is a really bad sign when Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and the Ravens are coming in to run the football. So not only am I agreeing on the pick with you for the, uh, but I'm doing it for the exact same reasons because I think Baltimore is going to get the job done on the ground running the ball um, and setting up uh, the play action pass for Lamar Jackson, uh, who won't have to, you won't have to do it that many times, you know, it's, you know, three or four or five. Uh, and, he may, and, Lamar Jackson may only attempt 14 balls in this game. <laughs> and 10 of them will be at Mark Andrews and the other four will be at, at Cole Beasley. And if he completes half of those and, and a couple of them are in the end zone, and that's about be all the might be. interesting because Cole Beasley <laughs> plays for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I went the other way there. Um, <laughs> Unless he's going to play defense. <laughs> It's late. I got confused. I get uh, it. But I got no, but, but, yeah, Thank you. Uh, usually when I screw up like that, I don't get it uh, until the next day when I listen to it. And I go, You're why did I say that? Stephen A. Smith and actually have him throwing the ball to uh, Ozzie Newsome. <laughs> Steve Smith is going to play a big game for the Ravens on Sunday. He's going to make some big plays. And Ed Reed's going to have an interception. I still did. I still can't believe I did an entire show themed <laughs> off of, off of that last year. That was a good one. I did, yeah. Every game had somebody making a big play that no longer plays football. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that enough times, ESPN is going to give you a contract for eight million dollars a year. I'll uh, sell out. Maybe I'm the only one that can do that. Maybe it goes black person who fucks up that bad. I don't know. Oh, okay. but I'd sell out. Someone said, here's $8 million. I'd, I'd totally sell you out. Sorry, man. I, I, I would sell you out, too. I would sell like a All right. idiot for $8 million a year. Sure. Yeah, I would, no, I'd still be your friend. <laughs> We'd have a lot of fun with all that money. Um, so I will concur and uh, give the six with you and take the Baltimore Ravens as well and, and also be nervous about it uh, because we know how tough the bills can be. Uh, on to the Broncos and the Texans. We can probably run through that pretty quickly. Uh, Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos at four and eight are nine and a half point dogs at Deshaun Watson and the eight and four Houston Texans. Totally going to play the letdown play here. And I'm going to actually oh. take those points with Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos with the Texans coming off the big win against the Patriots on Sunday night. So I, I saw a little something out of Drew Locke, although I mean, saw it against the Chargers, so take that all with whatever it's worth with a grain of salt. But I think I saw enough that maybe there's a little NFL competency there at the quarterback position. I think the Broncos still play better than league average defense. It's not what they were, but it's still pretty good, and I do think this is a letdown spot for the Houston Texans. It's not the most mentally tough team in football, so I will go ahead. I will take the Broncos and the points. I'm not sure what you saw on Drew Lock. Drew Lock, outside of those big arm throws, did next to yeah. nothing. That's all uh, he needs. He, he, he put Was up it better than Joe Flacco? I, I suppose, but yes. that's, that's, not, right. a, that's not a high bar. Better than Paxton Lynch? God, anything's better than Paxton or, Lynch. Or any of whoever else played quarterback. No, I, I, I kid made a few Look, throws. I'll give him that. Yeah. And they won the game. And they won the game, but I'm 18 of 28 for a buck 34, uh, you know, yards per average, you know what that comes out to 4.8. That is awful. 
Uh, I don't know if he's capable of doing too much better than that because they probably uh, were calling the plays that they felt comfortable with him uh, doing, and that's how he gets such a low mark. And, and then, of course, at the end of the game, just just throw it up as hard and high as you can and try to get P.I. Oh, look, it worked. Oh, shit, I didn't it think worked. that was going <laughs> to They probably didn't think it was going to work, but it worked anyway. No, I, I didn't see much uh, out of Drew Locke to make me believe in him. Uh Likely no Von Miller for the Denver Broncos on defense. Uh, this will stun you. Will Fuller has a hamstring injury. He's iffy to play what? for the Houston Texans. The Sean I, Lee? I know. Stunning. Of, of offensive players? Yeah. We'll call him Black, we'll um, call him Black Sean Lee. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not exact. I'm not going to pretend like and, I think – Sean he, Lee is now going to be white Will Fuller. <laughs> I'm going to pretend like I think Houston's going to just destroy Denver and blow out. I have only 10, so therefore I'm taking Houston and giving the nine and a half. But I, I, we'll definitely have to watch Drew Locke a, a little closer because I didn't see much of anything. Yeah. So we'll, we'll I'm see. more playing the letdown spot here. Okay. I mean, the Vikings, uh, the, I mean, look at what the Broncos were up 20 zip on the Vikings a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, this this is true. Uh, of course, that's the Vikings. It, I don't know what you make of half these teams in the, in the league right now. I, I, yeah. I really don't. I don't know. It's 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 been that kind of year. I'm uh, with you. The Indianapolis Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of two teams, you don't know what to make out of them. Uh, the Colts are now six and six. Uh, they get the uh, the cop out line three point dogs at the five and seven Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, so you've got the matchup between the most maddeningly inconsistent team in the league and the team that started out super hot, almost like on this fuck you tour after Andrew Luck retired, and they were going to shock the world, and that all fizzled out, and now they are in just rapid decline. I'll go with the maddeningly inconsistent team over the team that's just in the rapid freefall. So I will go ahead, I will take Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston, do Jameis Winston things, and... uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I will I will give the the cop outline here. And Tampa's uh, almost playing well lately, and and the Colts are definitely falling apart. There's no doubt about that. Uh, no T. Y. Hilton we talked about earlier. Marlon Mack is supposed to come back at running back for the uh, for the Colts. And fair warning before it even happens, if any producers out there of talk sports talk shows or of the football games themselves or of the pregame shows. If you use that god-awful song, Return of the Mac, when you're talking about Marlon Mack coming back, you are a hack and you need to quit right now. Before you even put that over the air, don't do it. It's an awful song and it's an awful gimmick to just play, oh, the Mac's coming back. We got to play Return of the Mac. No, stop it. You're better than that. At least I hope you're better than that. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Colts, I, I think are definitely going down the drain, uh, unfortunately for them. They, they played so well early in the year. They showed a lot of heart. I, I especially like their offensive line, the way they were run blocking and getting, getting after people. Um, and that's why they're still ranked fourth in the league and running uh, even with the Marlon Mack injury. Um, but they're running against the second best run defense in the league. And that's a, an upset right there that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are so great against the run. So it's actually a very sneaky sort of clash of two strengths going against each other. Um, I got Tampa coming out on top. I'll, I'll agree with you. Here's, here's something that might be interesting. and might not, I don't know, but I did notice, uh, of course, Tampa have one of those in uh, England games, right? So one of their home dates got stolen and, and taken over to England and they didn't have a whole lot of home dates uh, even surrounding that. So they, they were like the Oakland Raiders, right? They had the, the, 
seven million day long road trip tour because one of their home dates was actually in England, which is not a home game. Uh, so they were one of those. So they come back home and they got all these home dates backloaded at the end of the year. So because of one of their home dates going to England, that means to date, as of this moment that we're doing this show, we're in December. The Buccaneers have only had four home games. If you if you take one wow. of those England games uh, and you say that's not a home game, they've only had four home dates. So this is number five, and they got two more at the end of the year uh, before the season ends. So maybe that'll play some small part. The fact that the home crowd hasn't really had much of a chance to cheer for the Buccaneers. They got all these home dates backloaded. Maybe they'll get comfortable and maybe the Buccaneers will make one of those runs and say, hey, look at the Buccaneers. We got to look at them next year as the hot team. So maybe they'll be in contention for the uh, the, the, the Houston Texans or the Jimmy Garoppolo ah, the Memorial. Jimmy Garoppolo Award, yeah. Memorial okay. hot team for next year. So we'll keep an eye on that. On to the Clippers and the Jaguars. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers finding ways to lose. They're now 4-8, and eight, uh, and the Jacksonville Jaguars finding ways to do flip-flops with their quarterbacks. Now we're back to Minshew mania, and, and Nick Foles, the, the big money quarterback, is back on the bench. Uh, they're also 4-8. and eight. Uh, The Clippers are actually the favorite. Uh, the Chargers give three points on the road at the Jaguars. Yeah, that quarterback situation in Jacksonville is so toxic that the San Diego Clipper Chargers of Los Angeles are somehow going to find their way into being a favorite on the road. This is this is just perfect, right? Like, what have the Clippers done to deserve to be three-point favorite over anybody on the road this year? Absolutely nothing. But the Jaguars have absolutely done everything within their power to deserve to be a three-point dog at home. Last time we saw Minshew Mania, I believe that was that four-pick game he had against the Texans, the one that finally got him benched. Where he was yeah, just, over in England. Talking about YOLO balls. He was just throwing the ball up just like, ah, here, take it, um, <laughs> to anybody he possibly could. And the Chargers, the, the Chargers will still play respectable amounts of defense. I worry about their propensity to just blow games in the most exotic fashion possible. But I said I just couldn't quit the Jacksonville Jaguars. I quit him. I'm taking the Chargers here. <laughs> finally quit him. Finally, finally quit him. And this is the one they'll win. I finally quit him. <laughs> of course. This is the one. Oh, that's your move. <laughs> well, I'll guarantee you they'll finally come through and win a game for you because I'll concur with you and take the Clippers as well. Okay, um, so the Jags squish. Yo, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Jags are going to win 37-6. to six. Phillip Rivers has been such a pud and has been so awful all year. Yeah, this has been a really rough year for the Chargers. I, I feel bad. It's a team with no home. And yeah, yeah, this is this has been a bit of a depressing season. I couldn't imagine uh, watching a team. I couldn't imagine being a fan of that team, watching them lose it in ever more inventive ways every week. But as as bad as Rivers has been, the Jaguars' defense, oh. They've been awful this year, so yeah, uh, I'm I'm going with a, a Melvin Gordon uh, uprising and, and a Philip Rivers actually competent performance uh, over Gardner Minshew, and then uh, I'll I'll take the the Chargers to actually have some pride for for once, hopefully. The seven and five playoff contender Pittsburgh Steelers 
uh, and the three eight and one god awful Arizona Cardinals. You you had Kyler Murray if he was uh, active and playing last week, and and he was active and playing, and they got killed oh, uh, by the that L.A. Was Rams. So bad. That was so bad. So the the Steelers who are in this position, I have no idea how, uh, but they are favored, of course, two and a half point favorites on the road at the Arizona Cardinals. Well, it looks like we get this is going to be the Steelers' offense. No James Conner. Um, looks like he's not going to be able to go. Uh, they're banged up at the wide receiver positions. Even if they're going to get a contribution, we don't know how much they're going to get. This feels like a spot for me where I think the the little bit of the magic with Duck Boy and what the uh, Steelers have been putting up so far might run out. This feels like one of those games where Kyler Murray, maybe, I thought he might get going last week, but that was more of an anti-Rams pick. I'll go ahead and I'll take the Cardinals here and the two points to win at home. I don't. I don't have a very strong feeling about this one, but I will go ahead and I will take the points. Uh, I believe Juju Smith Schuster is also missing a, another game. Yeah, it's, I saw Steelers. that. I didn't see if he was going to be gone for sure, but I knew that Connor was for sure out. But they're they're a little depleted. Yeah, definitely. Uh, even with that, Duck Mania uh, is rivaling Minshew Mania for for the media hype. So we'll, we'll see if he can keep that up down in the desert. Uh, against the Cardinals, um, how the hell are they uh, seven and five? I, I I don't understand. They've won six of their last seven. The Pittsburgh Steelers. It, I I guess Mike Tomlin is is turning it around and is a, a coach of the year candidate. I, I suppose is the only way uh, to describe that. Um, I don't know how Kyler's hammy is. Kyler Murray. Uh, I know they played awful last week, and I know that the Arizona Cardinals are the worst defense in all of football. Like in in every measurement and every metric, you can pretty much imagine. DFL. DFL. So I'll take the Steelers to go eight and five and cover the two and a half, and and, and I'm surprised that's even coming out of my mouth. I, I I don't know what to make of them, but they're they're on a roll. There's no denying that they're definitely on a roll. The Tennessee Titans are also on a roll. They are 7-5, and five, and they are playing the Oakland Raiders, who are decidedly not on a roll anymore after what Kansas City did to them. So they are now down at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, Titans are favored on the road. They give three at the Raiders. Yeah, we just talked uh, glowingly about the Tennessee Titans, and while it would be just so me to go ahead and say, yeah, I said all these great things about the Titans, now I'm going to take the Raiders. The Raiders look kind of done. I think we're putting murder to bed. They had a nice little run to start the season, but we're starting to see the wheels come off. And uh, the Chiefs gave them uh, all they could handle last week. They didn't look particularly good in the weeks previous. I think the Tennessee Titans are rounding out into shape. They're well coached. They block. They can run. The passing game is starting to come around. I think the Titans could go on a run and be dangerous here as we head towards the playoffs. I'm, and they still have the division in play. I'll go ahead and I'll take the Titans and uh, give the points on the road. I actually have the Titans winning by three, so this smells very pushy to me, so I had to pick one side or the other. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to take the Murga side because I need Murga to die. <laughs> so that's that's an easy call on, on my part. Uh, I, I might be underestimating the Titans, and I might be overestimating the Raiders. Uh, Jacobs has been playing with a broken shoulder, the rookie running back that looks so good for them. Um, so I don't know how effective he's going to be the entire rest of the year. Um, and so maybe I'm giving Oakland too much credit to say that they're going to get to 20, but I have Tennessee 23-20, but I had to make the decision 
uh, on one side or the other. So I'm definitely going to take the Titans and give the three uh, again because I need Murga to just go away and die, please. Uh, on to the Chiefs and the Patriots. This is the third matchup of the three this weekend that I look at as a triple main event. This is Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, taking on the Patriots and maybe looking for a, a little revenge, a little Mahomes strikes back uh, after the AFC title game last year in Kansas City that the uh, Patriots came out on top. Uh, the Chiefs at 8-4 and four are cop-out line three-point dogs at Tom Brady and the 10-2 and two Patriots. This is the one that the Chiefs had circled on the calendar. You know, they haven't played the greatest – all season. Mahomes was hurt for a while, although they did play respectably with Matt Moore. But this is the one, this is the season-defining one. I think this is going to be where Mahomes goes out and just goes absolutely insane. The Patriots' defense has been giving up more points uh, every week since they started off the season by like virtually giving up nothing. Now they're starting to give up chunks. Deshaun Watson it was able to light them up pretty good. So this defense can be had. There's nothing overly special about it. The specialness of the Patriots defense was all belied by the fact that they played nobodies. They played terrible teams that had no offense. The chiefs have plenty of offense and then some, and I think that they're going to be able to go out and they're going to, I don't think the Patriots can keep up with this pace of the points and the fact that they, the Holmes could at any minute, just all of a sudden, boom, touchdown. I mean, he's just an instant touchdown machine. The Patriots offense does not have the ability in my mind to keep up with that. So I think even if the Patriots try to just slow this down, I think that the, the quick strike ability of the, the chiefs is going to end up doing the Patriots in. So I will take the chiefs on the road to win. Paper champions. I've been screaming it. And I'm going to keep screwing it. And not only that, but Andy Reid coming off the bye last week, just doing work on the Oakland Raiders, just filleting them and cutting them up like, like fish on a board. I bet he's got a trick or two for the Patriots, too. I don't imagine that he spent his bye week just coming up with stuff just for the Oakland Raiders. I suspect he was looking ahead to this game, and, and I think they're going to have some things uh, in mind for the Patriots as well. Uh, I get the feeling if the, if the Chiefs get to 21, the game's over because I don't see how the Patriots could possibly make it up that far uh, with, with three possessions. I, I don't I don't see it. I just do not imagine it happening. The, the scores of the last two games uh, that the Chiefs and the Patriots have played, they played a wild one in the regular season last year before the playoff game that the uh, Patriots came out on top. 40 to 37. That was, uh, was that a Sunday night or a Monday night? It was a, it was a night game. I remember that. Um, and it was just a crazy, I think it was a Sunday night. It was just a wild brawl that the, uh, the, the Patriots wound up uh, at the end with 40. Uh, and then of course the playoff game, uh, the conference title game wound up tied at 31 going into overtime where the Patriots were able to grind and run the ball and get all the way down and score without, Pat Mahomes touching the football, and and New England wins that one, 37-31. So I just want you to look at the New England offense, what it's been doing this year, 21st in the league in running. uh, They're eighth in passing, but they're only averaging 6.8 yards per throw. Look at that Patriots offense. Look at the, the, the Chiefs putting up 37 in the losing effort last year in the regular season, 31 um, in, in a losing effort in the playoff game. 
I'm not saying the Chiefs are going to get back to 37. I'm not. They might not get back to 31. But again, if they get to 21, I think that's enough. I think it's over because who sees the Patriots getting back to 40 or 37? I, I show of hands. Who thinks the Patriots are going to put up 37 or 40 on the Chiefs again uh, coming up on Sunday? Because I sure the hell don't. Uh, I think it's much more likely that that the Chiefs get somewhere close to 31 uh, than the Patriots do. I've been talking about paper champions. I've been trying to back my words up. I think the one thing I haven't been doing uh, against the, 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 the Patriots in these picks is, is taking uh, a lock of the week on them and saying that it's definitely going to happen and that the Patriots are definitely frauds and really putting my, my money where my mouth is as far as that goes. So I'm going to rectify that right now and take the Chiefs, take the three points, and take it as a lock because the Patriots, again, wow. are paper champions. Yes, they are. On the Sunday Night Football, which might be a sneaky good matchup and maybe a fourth sort of main event, the Seahawks and the Rams, you wouldn't put that in there because of, of the Rams' record at 7-5 and five and how inconsistent they've been. But good Lord, did they open up a can last week. So uh, who knows what to make of that. And I think that's some recency bias, and that's why we get the spread where it is right now. The 10-2 and two Seattle Seahawks, in as good a position as anyone to be a top seed in the NFC, are actually a one-point underdog at Jared Goff and the 7-5 and five Los Angeles Rams. We saw a different Rams team last week. We saw a team that was a lot more uh, wanting to run the football. We saw a lot more Todd Gurley. We saw a lot more Todd Gurley involved in the passing game, and I think that that offense needs to run through Todd Gurley and then you get back into the play action, and then you can start utilizing all those weapons at the wide receiver position. We know what the Rams' defense can do. We know Aaron Donald's one of the best players, if not the best defensive player in football, and that they they can make things happen on defense, but they are an offensive team that sort of lost their offensive identity because Sean McVay just wants to be the smartest guy in the room instead of realizing that he's got an offense on paper that you just need to set up the right way, run everything through Gurley, work into the play action. That's where Goff is comfortable. He's not a drop back passer. You're not going to get, you can't let him drop back 50 times without any play action and keep him clean or, or he's not going to beat you that way. And they really got that test last week where they sort of, I think you sort of saw them dress rehearse for this game last week against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't like the fact that they're actually giving the point here. I think I'd like this better as a value pick for the home team being the dog. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Rams uh, maybe to go on a little late-season surge here, which we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for the Rams and the Eagles to go on these late-season surges, and I think the Rams are better equipped to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Rams as a one-point home favorite. The uh, athletic linebacker Michael Kendricks is out for Seattle. The athletic tight end Gerald Everett will not play for the L.A. Rams. Uh, This is a rematch of a wild Thursday night game in week five where Seattle wound up on top to 29 behind Russell Wilson, four touchdown passes, including the game winner uh, on fourth down, uh, fourth and goal near the end zone there. That was uh, was a crazy one. Uh, And so here they go matching up again. Yeah, there's no telling what to make from uh, last week if if the Rams can repeat something like that or not because they look like a totally different team than what they've looked like all year. Relying on Todd Gurley is great until Todd Gurley breaks down and is ineffective as he was for a lot of 
uh, last year, at least toward the end of the year. So uh, no telling what you're going to get from Todd Gurley. And maybe they were doing a good job. So I paused the cough here. Uh, tried to mute that. I don't think I, I don't think I made it. <clears throat> but uh, <clears throat> yeah, as I was saying, I'll take a drink here. <clears throat> I hate when my voice goes out at exactly the wrong time there. Um, but as I was trying to say, it's a, a really good test of, of Russell Wilson and his great judgment. Because we know Aaron Donald can come and, and make his judgment go away if he gets enough pass rushes on him. And the key might be the Rams' defense has actually been playing better, and the uh, Seattle passing offense has actually taken a bit of a tumble. So I will agree with you and take the uh, the Rams uh, and give the one the the one point. I really like what I saw out of the Rams last weekend, and, and we'll see if they can keep that up. Uh, the Monday night game is the Eagles and the Giants, Philadelphia at five and seven uh, at home, are ten point favorites against the uh, two and ten Giants. <clears throat> and you haven't used your lock yet, so this sounds like this is going to be it. Yeah, I mean the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles here were given a complete gift last uh, this Thursday night here by the Dallas Cowboys, and they're going to squander that, and they're going to lose to Eli Manning coming back. <laughs> oh my- I am going to lock it up. <laughs> Giants win on Monday night, and the Eagles blow it again. Wow, uh, that that's like if you if you hate the team, that's what you do. You, you don't hate the Eagles, I don't think. You just uh, just got this feeling that the, that Eli and the Giants are going to come through and and knock off the knock off the Eagles on Monday night. Yeah. Um. I know this didn't make the uh, the live portion, so we're getting into it in the after show. I I got Philly squish, but I'm like with a question mark because it's the Eagles and they've been playing so awful. I thought they were going to make this big run, and they never did. They they just kept pissing down their own leg, um, and I can't blame you at all for for picking them to piss down their leg again and taking Eli and his. Uh, it, by the way, you've heard the stat, I'm sure, of of how of why it's so significant for Eli Manning to get one more start, and it's because uh, again, with the the stat of quarterback wins, which I don't take very seriously, but uh, I guess his record is exactly 500, and this one start will will break the tie that he has uh, for his lifetime record. So. Um, I, that's another reason why I would love to have Philly squish him because he's still going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback just based on beating Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. And I would really love for him to be a sub-500 quarterback going into the Hall of Fame for being Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. That would just give me a chuckle myself. Uh, so that's why I will take Philadelphia and give the 10 points and, and hope for them to, to get a squish. They, they, they need this. They really do. They, they can't lose. Yeah, we, but we've on. been waiting for the Eagles. You have been waiting for the yeah, Eagles for about a month, for, a month and a half yeah. to start yeah. their resurgence. And last week, the Cowboys shit the bet against the Bills. All the Eagles have to do to get back into that <laughs> share of first place is beat Miami. Yeah. And they lose. 
Now the Cowboys get embarrassed by the Bears on Sunday night because that game was not as close as the score indicated. That was not a touchdown game for the vast majority of it. That was like a 24-7 game when I finally got back at it. And then the Cowboys scored some garbage time points. But here they are. They've been given another gift. They can climb into that tie. They, uh, you know, they. I believe they play each other uh, coming up here in week uh, 16. The Eagles, the, the division is right there for them. All they have to do is take care of Eli Manning and the lowly New York Giants, and they will find a way to absolutely blow this one, too. Uh, I certainly it's right there for them. It's right. Nobody it wants is. to win the NFC East. Nobody. A great picture on Twitter. Somebody had four uh, team garbage cans lined up. The, the Eagles, Giants, Redskins, and Cowboys. That entire division is trash. Yes, I concur on that part. But yeah, no, I just I had I looked at my my picks this week and I was like, man, you know, I've got this really good sneaky feeling that Eli Manning is going to come back and he's going to ball out. I think no. he's pissed. I think there's a little pride over there. And he, I know he's got the, all the aw shucks demeanor and all that. And, you know, he doesn't really kind of show you what he's feeling unless it's just, oh, you know, but yeah, I don't think he liked being benched. And I think he's going to be able to go out and take advantage of that depleted uh, back end of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's, he's, he's rested. He's definitely rested. Golden Tate and uh, Evan Ingram are scheduled to also return, so he'll get some veteran help as well. Uh, you're right; it, it does lend itself to that storyline. I just, uh, it's Eli. It's, it's, it's Eli Manning. He's he's he's, he's awful done. too. Danny Dimes is is bad, but Eli's awful too. That's why they made the change. So. Eh. Well, yeah, we'll we'll definitely keep our eye on that. Well, that's, there's a reason to watch the Monday night game that that I didn't have before, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There's a little intrigue now because my my uh, idea was that I was going to completely skip this game. Now yeah, I too. may have some. Now I may have some interest in this game because we've got storylines attached to our picks here. Yep, I'm. I'm... Feeling the same as you. All right. Um, my voice is trying to completely go, yeah. and I have to work work in the morning, so I'm going to... And I don't worry. I, I've actually been fighting dozing off. Nothing about the show, because I've tried to keep up the energy, but I've sat here a couple of times, and I can feel the head nodding down. So uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long couple of weeks, um, you know, with work, and I think it's just knowing that I don't work now till next Thursday. I think some of that stress is just starting to manifest itself in being extremely tired. So, I uh, yeah, I think we actually covered a lot of after-show type stuff in the first half of the show. (laughs) So, we did, like, the first half of the show this week was a lot more of the reminiscing that we usually do in the after-show. So, people got it more during the live portion of the show this week. Yeah, and I I hate the little coughing jag that I went on pushed our time. We were about to go right on under the wire and, and hit the last pick with, with less than a minute to go, but my coughing fit pushed yeah, us over. Okay. So Nobody got to hear my stunning up. giant's lock. Only if you listen to the after show, only yeah. if you listen to the podcast the funny, version. The funny part is people who had it live probably figured I was about to lock up the Eagles. I know I sure was. Oh, so I threw you the curveball. You thought I was locking up the Eagles, right? No, 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 no. I'm locking up the New York football giants. 
you're again, we need lock intervention. You're putting Eli Manning as your lock. Think about this. I have them I'm to win, get... and they're a 10 point dog. I didn't okay. do it last week. I didn't <laughs> yeah, do it last week. True. I've got the Giants straight. They're a 10 point okay. dog. I don't think I have another team this week that is a 10 point dog straight up to win. And it, you're, you're on record. It's, it's all yours. You own it. If, if you get yeah, it, I'll. Me. Absolutely pay uh, all, all the penance to you. Okay. I, I paid the Dolphins to win last week straight up, and you, you pooped on that one for me, and I got that was my only win against you on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God I got so the two, uh, two wins on Thursday for Thanksgiving, you know, get the one up on you on Thanksgiving, because that, that at least took care of a little bit of the damage. Right. So for this week, we're back to our sort of normal uh, disagreeing. We got six that were different on on these picks that we did. Seven if you count last night's game, but but six uh, that were coming okay. up on Sunday uh, and counting, of course, the the, the the now big Monday nighter. The big Monday night game. <laughs> <laughs> like I need a reason to watch that garbage. But no, I think we should be back uh, Saturday next week. I don't see any reason. Uh, to not be on a normal uh, schedule next week so we can get back to Saturday. Yep, I don't think we have anything uh, planned, so we'll be back on Saturday. Saturday We don't have Saturday games next week. That's week uh, 16. You you looked up the schedule and figured that out uh, last week. Yeah, we're going to transition into a lot of Friday shows here coming down to the wire. Um, and into the playoffs for the first couple of rounds. But I don't think that next week is one of those weeks. Right. So if you're one of those that tries to listen live and keep up uh, with our show, it's going to be Saturday. It should be at least uh, next week, Saturday, uh, December the 15th. Uh, no, December the 14th. That we, We've already crossed over to the next day, so it's a, it's a week from today. Uh, so December the 14th is what we're looking at next week, uh, back at our usual time of 9 o'clock Central Time. Uh, to recap this upcoming Sunday for week 14 and get ready to make our picks for next week, uh, which will be week 15. <clears throat> so unless, unless you had anything else before my voice box completely goes out. Oh, get, get yourself some rest. Enjoy your work tomorrow. I'm going to be kids overload tomorrow. There you go. Good family time. It's that time of the year. Cute factor. Cute factor times two all day. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. Thank you all for listening. Uh, These picks will be up on our blog sometime tomorrow. I'm not going to bother doing them tonight before bed. Don't have to do that, but they will be up sometime tomorrow. Promise uh, before you get your games going on Sunday morning, the picks will be up and ready for you to peruse and look at. Uh, so everybody uh, enjoy your college football tomorrow. Go Tigers in their conference title game uh, down here in Memphis um, and enjoy your NFL, of course, on Sunday and the, uh, the, the very big Monday nighter now uh, that me and Jason have head to head. And we will talk to you planning on next Saturday evening. Talk to you then.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.